and good morning. Try to. Hello, it's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. Griffin's here. Carson Weekly is here as well on a Tuesday edition of the program. Kind of a sad Tuesday morning in Baltimore. I, we'll, we'll, have, we'll talk about it plenty, obviously, but look. There, whatever your opinion is, whatever your emotions or whatever you're feeling, the, the thing that stands out the most to me is it's important that we continue to be grateful for the fact that there was an athlete that cared about this place and that wanted to take the mantle of being a face of this town and this franchise and for this fan base despite everything that that person was going through and continued to care about that and and appreciate it. And may that never wane. You know, it's interesting to me. Um, in recent years, in conversations I had both with Buck Showalter and Adam Jones, they've brought up, ah, everybody's forgotten me about, about me back there. And I'd be like, what the hell? What are you talking about? Everybody's forgotten about you. You're beloved here. My God. You'd never have to pay for a meal in this town. But yet, I understand the way they feel. Which is once you're gone, it's not the same. It can't be. Because you don't feel it every day. You don't feel it every moment. You're not walking around having somebody come up to you and say, dude, I love you. You're somewhere else. And in that place, it's not the same. Once you're gone, it's never the same. And you can't fix that. You can't change that. I hope we continue to have the same love and appreciation for Trey Mancini as he moves on in his professional life that we've had since he's been here. And to be fair, Trey you know, never even accomplished some of the things that those other guys we talked about accomplished. But we are so fortunate um, as a community to have had this athlete who cared so much about this place and wasn't just, hey, yeah, it's where I play baseball, but... See ya. Whatever your opinion is, and I got lots of them. And I'm I'm trying to wait until we get past six o'clock today to finalize like anything I'm gonna say in a column. I just want to see if there's a totality of this. Is there anything else coming today? We all even as I told you I didn't want this to happen, I constantly said, Yeah, but I think it is. I never wavered on that. I always believed that Trey Mancini was going to be traded. I don't like it. I'm not happy about it. And I always said, hey, look, I would feel differently if I thought they could get something of significance for him. Well, you can argue that they did. And I get it. You got to squint in order to make that argument because you're like, wow, the one dude's having Tommy John surgery and the other dude's been terrible this season. And I get that. Like, I understand. And the reality is with Seth Johnson, who's having Tommy John surgery, that's the scenario by which you were going to be able to get a like quality prospect for Trey Mancini. It had to be a, someone with a wart. You couldn't have done that for a straight-up top prospect in someone else's system because the commodity that you were trading didn't warrant that. They found a way in order to get a top pitching prospect from someone else's system. They had to be creative. They had to be willing to take on something that involves an amount of risk. But they did it. And that's not nothing. 
Does it make it the correct answer? I, yo, we'll be here for a long time, and I won't know what the correct answer is. You know, I were the Orioles going to win a World Series with Trey Mancini this year? No. Is Seth Johnson or Chase McDermott likely to be the difference in whether or not they win a World Series in the future? Almost certainly not. Does that make this wrong? We throw around words, man. Because, oh, you know what, Carson, tell everybody they're very pretty. Every one of you. You all look wonderful today. Thank, today, just, just, no, today no, no, especially. It's very important. You're very, pretty. Thank you. You're pretty. We just want to feel like we're pretty. We want to feel like we want to trade. Did we win this one? Maybe. I have no idea. But you're very pretty. That's right. I get it. You just want to feel like a fortification. I want to feel whole. Like I know that my favorite team did something right. That we won. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they did or if they didn't. We might never know. Because we might never know what the difference would have been this season. I know my buddy Dan Zimborski from Fangraphs did a whole bit about, hey, this is the percentage likelihood of the Orioles making the playoffs with Trey Mancini. And now here's the percentage likelihood if we take Trey Mancini off the roster and put Kyle Stowers on instead. And literally, it's less than half a percent change. And so he makes you say, like, okay, well, all right. I mean, uh, maybe, maybe. But we'll never know, short of, you know, Seth Johnson or Chase McDermott becoming a, an effing stud somehow here in Baltimore, which is also unlikely, but not impossible at all, particularly in the case of Johnson even coming off of Tommy John surgery. Let's start today's show. My buddy Eric Arditi, it's been a while, uh, Barstool Arditi, I believe he still owes us a bet, in fact. we got to deal with that at some point. BarstoolSports.com. What's going on, brother? How are you? I, I still want that that fact check. I don't. I don't think I ever got like a like a, a, a confirmed. Hey, you got last. I think that may have been like one of Kyle's going away gifts. Like, Hang on a second. Let me see. I believe I. I, I believe I have saved the data from this. You one hundred percent did. I've, I just needed to bring up that argument. I, I just. I've, I just wanted to kind of ruffle your feathers a little bit yeah i just i think i feel like you have purposely avoided it so i think for people that don't remember it's a it's the prison pizza one correct uh i think so which again does it's not it didn't sound bad it wasn't like it is a lot of effort though that that sounds it's a lot of effort to make a prison pizza yeah i'm fine with effort though like (laughs) as long as it's decent to eat it's not it shouldn't be too bad all right we will uh, we will continue. I'm not going to let you forget about it. Just so you know, I'm going to continue <laughs> to bring it up every now and then. Um, all right. So how are you feeling today? Like what what is? Just give me your emotions. I know how much you care about Trey. Give me where you are this morning as you wake up. I, I I'm a lot better than I thought I would be. I was legitimately getting texts being like, "Are you okay?" Like not in like a joking way, being like, "Is everything all right?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know." Again, I like I we we knew this day would come. It wasn't a shock to anyone. Um. You know, again, it's it sucks that it happened, but again, I think the the writing was kind of on the wall. Um, and I'm also I'm thrilled that it happened yesterday, and it's not going to happen at the deadline today. You know, and it's not going to get to three thirty or you know four thirty, five thirty, and we're going. Wait a minute, maybe, maybe he is going to stay. Maybe uh, maybe, maybe get, get your hopes up, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it and then it you know six fifteen. It's like oh, by the way, this one just came through the wire. The, you know, the Astros are getting Kramer team. Right. Um, There's so, an argument yeah, I mean, for that. It, yeah, and and it, I, I mean it. It sucked. Like I said, like I, I found out. I got a. We got a, um, a group chat with Jeremy and Sanzi and a couple of the other people. And Jeremy just, you know, sent us a message yesterday and just said Trey's an Astro, and we all kind of 
had the same four letter, you know, reaction that you can't say on air. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I mean, I also think, listen, if there's one thing there's pe- the people in this town love, it's watching the Yankees lose. If the Astros were to knock the, the, the Yankees out of the playoffs and, you know, go to the World Series, obviously people don't like them because of what happened back then. But I'd still in the camp of you. Everyone is rooted for a team with a cheater on it. So, like, what do we even mad about anymore? Uh, yeah, um, that, that does nothing. I, I think, right. Yeah, well, it's... I, you know, I, admittedly, I was... It doesn't bother I, me. I'm not even going to lie. I was rooting for them to win the World Series last year just because I like Dusty Baker. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And again, like, I, I think I think they're a very likable team now. I think they're fun. And, and again, I mean, I'm going to... I will be watching every Astros game I can. I will be paying attention. And, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I want nothing in the world but for Trey to get a ring. I've even petitioned saying that the Orioles should hang up a banner if Trey gets a ring this year, just, you know, kind of like, a, you know, it, it would be a nice gesture. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks. Um, again, this is a part of, of baseball and sports that we all know is, is coming. And it's it's never easy, again, especially with someone who you have a personal connection with. And, you know, I mean, I've been at Moe's house with him. You you know, you've done countless events with him. Just, just there, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this, you know, and the people are like, oh, it's a business. It's a business. No, I get it. But there's also a personal connection to guys like this. And, uh, and again, 100%. Trey was, I mean, he is, he is, you know, the top of the top, you know, the, 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 he's just, he's the best. Everything about him is the best. Um, so again, I'm wishing him, him nothing but the best going forward. How do you handle the, and this is the part that I, I don't know that there's a correct answer to. It's the, what does this say about the Orioles and where they are? And I, I'm not trying to be, over dramatic about them prioritizing the continued rebuild over the opportunity that might have been in front of them this season because I get it. I know they weren't winning a World Series this year. That's not a thing. But I, I don't think it's nothing either. Like I do think that it's okay to be disappointed that Mike Elias would say, Yeah, but you know, mathematically, like we don't have a great chance at winning a wild card. Like, dude, you're three games out. Like, what what are we doing here? Like, I, maybe just don't say that part. Like, I, I think it's okay to have an emotion about this season and, and what's shaping up to be special and that it feels like they're not allowing it to play out as fully as is possible. Yeah, it, it was definitely a weird quote when I, when I saw that part. Because, again, it's like, what do you, you know, what are you telling the guys in the locker room? Like, right. Is Ryan Mountcastle right now going, what do you, what do you mean we're not going to make, you know, like, Again, maybe they won't. Maybe they'll go eight and you know eight and twenty in a, in a month, and we'll say, "Oh, but here's the real Orioles. This is what we thought." But maybe they won't. Um, and it would have been cool to to see again Trey kind of lead this team, you know, into September with with a playoff spot on the line. I mean that that's 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 why we had him here. You know, that, that's what we wanted when when he came here. Um, yeah, and it's. I mean, you definitely. I I I understand both sides of the story. I understand people being like, "Listen, it's a business, and you have to get." X prospect who's worth this and this compared to this veteran who's worth this. And, you know, you just put numbers on a spreadsheet and all that. But I also get the people saying, you know, listen, this is a team who, like you said, is playing their best baseball in what, five years, six years or whatever it is. Like this is a team who is making fans come back. People who I know have not watched baseball since Ubaldo threw that pitch. And now they're like, I can't wait to turn on the Orioles game. So to them, it, I mean, and to a lot of people, it, it was not a slap in the face, but I think it was kind of disrespectful just because, again, the story, the guy who he is. I mean, he's the guy who you knew who he was. People from not from this town, not from this area, knew who Trey Mancini was for multiple reasons. 
And, you know, and all good reasons. Again, there, there are some guys who are not in good, you know, not in the headlines for the best stuff. He's in the headlines for the right stuff. So I, I definitely get why people were mad. Um, I see both sides, and, and I'm with you on the Elias, that quote. It's like maybe. Yeah, so here's the maybe, quote. Maybe you and Sig keep that to yourself. Right. Maybe just don't, you know, openly say that to, to Matt. If you didn't see it, um, Nathan Reeves from The Sun tweeted out. I mean, Michael Elias did a, a, a conference call with reporters, and so everybody heard the same thing. Quote, but ultimately, I have to tether my decisions to the outlook and the probabilities of this year. We have a shot at a wild card right now, but it is not a probability that we're going to win a wild card. I, 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 like, Eric, to your point, like, you know, you know, the players are going to hear that. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, I, I, I like Mike Elias. I'm not trying, I know you, you know, you, 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 you love the man. Um, I, even if he just changed the words there and said it's not a probability mm-hmm. that we're going to win a World Series, like I, I think all of us would say, yeah, of course, right? But like, yikes, dude! <laughs> like, you've been yeah, one of the best phrase teams. Phrase in- it a little, phrase it a little better, and I don't think people are getting that up there. Like you said, if he would have said, you know, we have X percent to make the playoffs, which is which is a place that we didn't think we would be at this right. year. Something like that to kind of, you know, make it a compliment sandwich where you kind of put yourself down. <laughs> right. Then you, you know, but then you compliment yourself. Do so enjoy I'm a nice a compliment sandwich. I'm a big fan of those. <laughs> um, do, do you want them to do anything? Like, this is the weird part, right? I, I was not as emotional about the idea of trading, say, a Jorge Lopez as I was about Jorge, uh, Trey Mancini. I, all along, was kind of on board with the idea of, Hey, if you want to make a movie, if you want to keep adding, use Lopez. He could be a real asset, and we all think Felix Batista might legitimately be the guy that should be at the back end of the bullpen moving forward. Um, I started to try to talk myself into the idea of acquiring a pitcher with some team control. Certainly that particular comment does not back up the idea that I think they're in the market to add, um, say, a Pablo Lopez or somebody like that. But do, do you want to see them do anything else? Or at this point, do you just want to say, okay, you did this, be done with it, roll these guys out there, let's go? I mean, I, I could see them moving a Santander or something like that again. I mean, with how hot he's been for the last week, um, you know, that wouldn't shock me. And again, that kind of feels like a move that we thought was coming this year too. Um, and like, like you said, same thing with, with Lopez. I think if someone again, overpays, gives you, gives you some top guys. I think, I think you have to look at it all. But I also, I'm sitting there thinking last night, and I kind of just went, you know what? I don't care what they do tomorrow. Like it's, this, again, this is the one that I would had like circled. And it's like, I don't, I don't care. You know, yeah. if they trade Santander, cool. Right. If they don't, awesome. Like I'm not, you know, I, I, I won't be like hooting and hollering one way or another. But again, it's like if it, at this point now, hey, if they, if they want, if they can, you know, improve the depth of the, 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 you know, the farm system or, you know, maybe get a major leaguer. I don't know. Sure. Like do whatever, Mike, it's, it's whatever. Um, it, it did, it kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit. Just yep. again, it was, it was yep. a little bit deflating, but, um, I don't know. Cause I, I always thought too, that a bullpen arm would go. I just thought they had too many. I, and, and it's a good problem to have. I just thought they had a lot of guys who other teams may want. Um, so again, you know, I mean, I know Lopez was connected to the Mets and Aiken's been tossed around. So I don't, I don't know. I, if they want to move one of those guys, I think I'd be okay with that. Um, again, I'm not going to stomp my feet and, and cry and moan about anyone else on the team unless, you know, it's a Mount Castle or Hayes or, you know, anyone right, like that who they're right, not going to move. But. Right. Uh, and thankfully, Adley Rutschman's the best player in baseball. Um, so we so got, the, got that so going good. for us. Which is, it is, it's nuts, right? It's nuts watching this dude become exactly what everyone said he was. Like, it is insane. Yeah, like, 
Like, Again, eight, eight weeks ago, we had people flipping out because his first 25 at-bats, right. you know, he was hitting a buck 50, and it's like, well, maybe he's not ready. And it's like, well, maybe you need to give the guy a little more time. Oh, okay? my God, man. Oh, my God. Who would have thought you God. need to give a, a baseball prospect more yeah, time? Yeah, a couple what of weeks, 25? maybe. Right? What do you mean? You should have been up one. Soto's been up for three. It's not, no, they're not, they're not similar things. Oh. Be quiet about it. See what happens. It's crazy that a guy who controls a baseball team for his life is better than, knows what he's talking about over some nineteen-year-old <laughs> kid on Twitter. Look at you. Look at the fire in, in Eric this morning. I'm, I'm wound. I'm wound he's tight, work, buddy. I am wound up. tight. He is worked up. You know, by the way, there is also a small part of me that would say, um, you know, it might go a long way with this fan base if, after taking Trey Mancini away from us, you in the immediate days that followed put either D.L. Hall or Gunnar Henderson on the team to give us... I, I'm not saying that's how a franchise should make their decisions, is like with us needing shiny objects uh, to be happy. Like We shouldn't all be treated like children, but I do think it would go a long way to, to ease the pain to say, hey, but this is here now. Enjoy it. I just think that might help. It is funny how they kind of slipped using Neil Diaz, like, hey, by the way, you know, yeah. thanks, Trey, here's your video. And then they're like, by the way, we're going to bring up you. Right, right. Vitamin, vitamin. Right. Oh, oh, and, and I, like, oh, maybe. I mentioned earlier. Like, maybe Stowers. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. I mentioned earlier, like, I can't help but wonder about the timing of it with, like, no, nobody at all is talking about the fact that they didn't sign their third-round pick yesterday. Nobody's talking yeah, about that. They've completely avoided. That came down at, like, it was the same time almost. Yes. Where it's like, hey, by the way, we're not going to sign the the, the the Otani Jr. guy from Oklahoma yeah. State. Yeah. But but you're not going to talk about it because there's something else. We got something else for you. And so everybody's forgotten yeah. about that part of the process. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to plug your podcast? Yeah. Uh, Exit 52 podcast. We recorded uh, last night. We're going to record again tonight if anything big happens with the trade. Um, you know, again, if they trade someone, we'll, we'll probably update it. But we did our we did our starting five of favorite Houston Astros of all time. So, and I'll, I'll give you a uh, I'll give you a spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, I had the first pick, and I think you can. Uh, wow, I could be anybody. Know who I it, it really it, it really crazy. Be. I mean, maybe it was Derek Bell. Perhaps you went. No, with, it did not. No, take Derek. didn't take, it did but, not take but, Derek Bell. Might have been Brad Osmus. Maybe was the guy that you. No, he was no. in consideration. Sean yeah. Cone was also in consideration. Weird. He has a great name. <laughs> It's a fun name to say. It is. I don't disagree with that. You know what? I you know, I screwed this up. It's a former Oriole. It's it's Glenn Davis. Glenn Davis is your favorite. Uh, you're you're close. I, I did take Miguel Tejada in the second That's round. That's not bad. That's not bad. Uh at E D D twenty two is how you follow him on Twitter. Of course, Barstool is where you see all of his stuff. Appreciate you, brother. We'll talk soon, all right? Absolutely. Let's meet up soon, all right. Sounds good, pal. Eric Arditi, Barstool Sports, checking in with us. Yeah, I mean like I, I there's a part of me that wants to do the very over-the-top emotional thing. I, I tried to do it the appropriate way in the first couple minutes of the show. I am so unbelievably appreciative of Trey Mancini and what he has meant to this community, what he meant to Mo, what he meant to all of us, his willingness to take on the role as being the face of a franchise in at a time where it wasn't a pleasant thing to do, where everything sucked, and most people would probably just want to not be here. And instead, he was like, no, I want to be the guy. That's incredible. It's amazing. He deserves every ounce of praise we could possibly give him, despite the fact that he neither played in a playoff game or in an all-star game ever as an Oriole. 
I don't know who to compare it to, but I can't imagine there was anyone half as impactful with the same qualifications. Of course, he was on the roster in 16, but he did not play in the Toronto um, playoff game. And, of course, he participated in a home run derby, but never played in an all-star game. Remarkable, incredible human being. Good baseball player. Not a great baseball player, not a world changer, good baseball player, remarkable human being. We were so fortunate to have him. How will this turn out? I keep saying, don't know. It's a bitter pill to swallow. Maybe it will work out well. And for some people, they are just willing to say, I trust Michael Elias. I believe Michael Elias knows what he's doing. Some people are in a better position to just be at peace with it or, frankly, think it was the right thing to do. I have no idea, no clue. Because to me, the value of, as I keep talking about, relevant September games. I I, I really do think this was a horrible quote from Elias. I thought this was, I like Mike Elias. I think it's possible it was just ineloquent and he would regret it in hindsight. But I think it's gross. I I can't believe that you said we have a shot at a wild card right now, but it's not a probability that we're going to win a wild card. I can't believe the organization said that. Even if it's true. You guys are going out to play baseball games right now to say, yeah, we look at, you know. Sure, they they're okay, but like you guys really think these guys can win more games? You really think these jagoffs are capable of winning more baseball games? I mean, seriously. Come on. I can't believe Mike Elias said those words. And again, it might be nothing more than he got caught up, he regrets it, whatever. I, it could be any of the, You can't say that. You are the Orioles. You put this team together. Just even if that's what you're like, literally, his decision might have been made by. I just don't think that we can do this. I don't think we have enough. So I'm gonna go ahead and trade Trey Mancini. Even if that's the case, you don't say it. Say anything else. It's not a probability that we're going to win a wild card. You know, it's not that hard. Like you know, they let three of them in now. You're not that far off. Can't believe he said that. But but I still don't know that that means it's the wrong thing. I value the idea of this team, even if they don't get in, playing meaningful September baseball games. Because Carson and Griffin were, were freshmen in high school the last time that happened. Yeah. Sure, yeah, I exactly was. <laughs> there, like, I, I don't think we understand... I know there was a nice stretch here in Baltimore from 12 to 16. September meaningful baseball games are incredible. And even if it doesn't work out, it's a feeling that we haven't had in a very long time and can help remind young people, people that have become disenfranchised with the Orioles, about how exciting it can be and what it can do for a civic, for a region to have that and make people fall in love with the team again. When we say 
hey, it's not likely that they're going to get in. That's not the standard to me. The standard is let's have people fall in love with the Orioles again and then go try to win next year. And that's the part that I struggle with. I struggle with not about whether or not it's realistic they were going to get into the playoffs, whether or not it was an opportunity to do something special at the end of this season that's been not taken away. Again, they looked great last night. Lost in all that. Hell of a performance last night. I keep thinking about what Casey Stern said yesterday. He, you know, Michael Elias is here. He, he's here to to turn the Orioles into you know a champion, into a World Series champion, not not to be a 500 ball club. So I think, I mean, that's I, it, it is a, it's a, it's definitely a weird I, comment. I don't I don't I, I don't think I, that's a great comment. I get that, and again, I, I don't. I think Seth Johnson might be more than I expected, but I still don't know that I could say that's the difference in whether or not you have you're having a parade in a couple of years. And right, that's the thing. Right. I, it's the trade-off, right? And that's the nature of any trade. I'm not telling you it's the wrong decision. I'm telling you that I anybody who's trying to say blanket, it's the right decision, or you had to put your head over your heart or anything along those lines, no, 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 no. It might turn out to be that. It might. It might turn out that Seth Johnson becomes a, a critical piece of winning baseball in future years. But today, none of these things, these cliches that we're trying to use to make ourselves feel better, mean a lick. We don't know. And it's okay for someone to feel the pain of something like this. It would be almost inhuman to not. I also think that it's like a... Like uh, what Elias said, obviously we're we're pulling one little quote out of this whole interview that he did, but I, I think it was I think him quote. saying that mm-hmm. is sort of like not insult to injury, but like it did ha- having it did to deal not, having to deal with yeah. Mancini going yeah. and, and then hearing that is like dang like, yeah it was it was two it was things a, in a row and I right and there. I like Michael Elias and that's the problem that I have I don't want to trash him I don't want I just couldn't believe that like I had to read it five more times to make sure that's actually what he said again it's not like he I'm being ridiculous. Uh, you know, these jack. Of course, he didn't say that, but he did say it's not probable, which I don't know how anyone in that clubhouse could be cool with that. Like, if I'm in that clubhouse busting my ass night in, night out, and I'm hearing the general manager say, Yeah, but come on, it's not probable these guys can win. Dude, that's not okay. That's not. There's no way around it. That's not okay. I'm going to be irked by that. Now, maybe it's a good type of irked, right? Maybe it's the type of irked where I'm pissed off and I want to show you. Maybe. I hope that's what it is. And maybe accidentally, Mike Elias will provide the bulletin board material that was needed. The calls coming from inside the house. Maybe. But I couldn't believe it. Yeah, maybe he's a genius. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I was kind of thinking about that, too. I was like, maybe he's, maybe he just did something really smart. I don't, yeah, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to go. I I hope, I hope that's the case. All right, today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, young Utes, we will do that. We will do regular show stuff today. We got other topics we want to get into, other guests, things along those lines. Uh, that's all on the way. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Hey O's fans, get to Oriole Park early on Friday, August 5th at 7.05 when the first 20,000 fans 15 and over will receive a Cedric Mullins 30-30 Club bobblehead presented by Masson. Celebrate Cedric Mullins' historic 2021 season when he became the first player in Orioles history to join the 30-30 Club with 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. Tickets start as low as $15. What better way to cheer on the Silver Slugger than at the ballpark that forever changed baseball? Buy tickets at Orioles.com slash tickets. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes who lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, coming up in a few minutes, our weekly visit with the Norfolk Tides. Not weekly. We, whenever they're home, we visit with the Norfolk Tides. And uh, we'll be one of one of our own, a Baltimorean, Bruce Zimmerman. Um, obviously, it's been an interesting year for Bruce Zimmerman. We're going to catch up with him here in a few minutes. Why don't, before we do that, why don't we go ahead and do this? Because I'm not sure where else we're going to have time this morning. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's always the last one. It's yeah. very difficult for me. Kind of a hard note to hit, though. So. Yeah, that's that's definitely what it is. It's not just that I have no skills. Uh, <laughs> totally not that at all. Uh, Young Utes is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Start thinking about your plans for football season because the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel is getting ready to introduce betting tablets that you can take with you to your seat. You don't have to get up, watch all the games, bet on all the games, and you don't have to leave your seat. They're saying, hey, you guys don't want to figure out mobile betting? <laughs> we'll figure it out for you. You got to be there in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. So start thinking about your plans for Thursday night football, Monday night football, Ravens games, whatever it is, college games on Saturday. Where do you want to be? Well, I think you should be winning money in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. All right. Um, what you got? What are the young youths talking about? Uh, so Love Island finished. Ah. Uh, ah. Trust me. <laughs> Miss Evan Sue from Turkey and Mr. David from Italy are the winning couple. And uh, the general consensus I was, is... I was rooting for them, for the record. The, the general consensus is that that's the right couple to win. So, so Love Island is a thing. Like, people yes. care about yeah, it. Yeah, people I really... If you're not familiar, they basically take, like, 10 very attractive women and 10 very attractive men, put them on an island, and kind of just, like, let them mingle, and then one couple comes out and wins. So how does... But I don't understand. Do, do they all just start having sex with each other? Like I So, <laughs> like, a lot of these dating shows, the rule is that there's no, like... But I think it's the point of this one is kind of... Yeah, see, they so, want everybody hooking up. Yeah, so like they're hooking up. Because I do remember time. there was another one. It was Temptation Island. Was the one right. where you yeah, right. I know there's one where that he wasn't supposed up. to. Yeah, that, I think that's one. the one. Yeah, there's one where like there's yeah. like a big pot of money, and yeah. every time yeah. somebody hooks up, they take money. Like, yeah, right, off. right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure but that yeah. was Temptation. Yeah, or, or, Love Island's or, a free wait, for or all was Temptation Island the one where they were taking married people? Yeah, they taking married or like engaged couples. Yeah, and they were like, here now, here's all these other attractive people that want to have sex with you. So I don't remember which one the one was that you couldn't have sex. But people it's really a big market right now. People really sure. care about the Love Island. Yeah, and there's a there's a big rumor that there's going to be a Love Island in the United States at some point. Wait, this isn't even an American show. Yeah, it's like a UK yeah, it's show European. The hell is this? That's why why do we care? Like, there's there's, so there's one that's uh, talking with their British accent. There's an Australian one. Oh, you know what? I think the one where they can't hook up is called Too Hot to Handle. Oh, ah, yeah, okay. Because that one's in Australia. Which one? Uh, what's the one on MTV that? Uh, 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 X on the Beach is that a thing? People like that one? I think they just like all of them. Like these shows are very okay. people are very into. Uh, is the, it, this but is it thing. because they're trashy or like because I people are it, stupid? I, I think the Bachelor both. I feel like the Bachelor <laughs> phenomenon really was about women wanting to believe that like these people could fall in love. It was not originally about the not trash factor. My, one of my best friends is way into the Bachelor and Bachelorette like every week and. It, I That's think people a very like very weird bit. If you think about it, like they're all attractive. It's trashy. They're hooking up. There's money. Well, that was there's, why there's big drama. That, that was why. That's like five that was why I liked off. the Jersey Shore. That was right, why I was. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I became a massive Jersey Shore fan for all of those reasons. These people are trashy. I don't want to be like them, but I want to watch them. I want to watch them disintegrate, which is why all these new Jersey Shore shows stink because they're not being ratchet and trashy any longer. Right. They're trying to be adults, and they're like, let's. You can watch us get together to eat. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I can I can go eat myself. Um, I have not. Is it worth me spending some time to find out if I might be a love, or would you say? Uh, I mean, if you I think really two, I think I actually watched all of all of one season of Too Hot Jesus. to Handle, and oh, it was really? it, that show. It actually like I actually liked it. It was really good. <laughs> it was pretty interesting. All right, all right. 
uh, next. I believe the young people probably care about this. I just I I didn't know it was to the point. Like I just I just searched Love Island, and you're right. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. All right. So uh, the next thing. So Nicki Minaj went on Instagram Live a few days ago and pretty much discussed uh, the state of her career and why things have been going a little bit downhill and maybe she's been out of... Not downhill, but she's just not been as much at the forefront of pop culture as she has been in recent years. Okay. And, and this is typically the way that the world works. Yeah, typically, that's what, well, like that's what I was thinking. Somebody else comes along and there. And this has pretty much opened up uh, the floodgates again on the Cardi B and Nicki Minaj debate. Ah. Who's better? And Pete, ah. that's become... I mean, the live video has become sort of like a, a topic of discussion, but that video really just sparked the debate all over again. Okay, I have no opinion about this. Subject. I don't either. I, they're they're both they're both lovely, I guess. Yeah. You know, I guess like Nicki I Minaj, just because like I mean Griffin can relate. Like when we were kids, Nicki Minaj had some like hits from our oh, childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Uh, so I guess her, that's but so like scary when I you say know. those words, like Anaconda. That's yeah, su- <laughs> su- super bass. That was a uh, yeah. That, that was, was a, a that was a good one. Starships obviously Ooh, yeah. was quite a quite a like, smash yeah, hit. Damn, she, she was uh, good. She's then, better than I remember. Then Bodak Yellow came along and everybody forgot about right right because apparently there there can only be one. Although I don't know, there's Megan the Stallion and there's yeah. Saweetie and there's yeah, but like it's Doja kind of a, it, you're right. It is kind of a ridiculous concept that people are acting like there can only be one. Um, like I, I like they're what if what if they're just all good? What if can't you just like them all? I remember dating at one point my wife and I when we were dating we broke up and I dated another girl and I remember she was big into like making playlists for me and like she was actually quite good at making playlists for me like she because she was a little bit younger than I was so she had more of her like voice to the. So she made a playlist that involved. It was the first time I ever heard Super Bass. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, where did this come from? I like Nicki Minaj. I believe, I, uh, if I remember correctly from trivia recently, the most followed rapper on Instagram, Nicki Minaj, still to this day. Because I guess. Let's go see how many she I has. guessed Cardi B. Because they said it was a female rapper. We had a trivia question. It was, this female is the most followed rapper on Instagram. And I was like, it's got to be Cardi B. Cardi B is the star of stars. And it was still, still to this day. Yep, 139 million for oh, you know, Cardi maybe, B. Actually, I take that back. Maybe we guess Megan the Stallion because I am a fan of Megan the Stallion's Instagram. She she knows how to Instagram. <laughs> Minaj has 201, yeah, so she's nuts. got 60, 62 million more than nuts uh, than Cardi. Ah, she's fine. She's doing fine. Nicki Minaj. I don't know. Did the, did the young youths care? Do they actually care about this? I think so. Right. I mean, if you look at Twitter, it's all, that's, all, that's in the... All right, and quickly, number three, because we got to get the Bruce Zimmerman. Uh, Will Smith made an apology video for Chris so, Rock. So, I, you know what's really funny? This is how busy I've been. I saw it. I don't even know what he said. I also did not check this out. I watched a little bit of it. It's, I, it's like, I think, I it's, think it's it also speaks to how quickly we move on from things. Yeah. I do not care. I am so... I just... Dude, just go back to making movies. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't think it was it. necessary. Like, I am over. I don't. I mean, I don't think it was necessary to make a video. I hope that like he privately attempted to reach out yeah. to Chris Rock because I do think that they there's a problem there that needed to be handled between men. Um, right. But I am so over it. Like, yeah, it was bombastic and it was it was wretched. But like, figure that out and get back to doing what you do. And I don't. I just don't. I I don't care. It was in, it was insane for 24 hours. Yes, and then after that, I was like, "Right, I have a life. I've got, <laughs> I've got kids. I got things to do. I just don't care all that much." It was more nuts when it happened. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. All right, good job. Thank you, sir. It's young youths. 
Now let's switch gears. We're going to make our weekly trip. Not weekly. I keep saying weekly. We don't go to Norfolk every week. We go every time they're home. It's a regular visit. Regular visit uh, with the Norfolk Tides. And this week it brings us one of our own and a man who we've gotten to know quite well over the last few years. He is pitcher Bruce Zimmerman, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Bruce, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, no problem, though. Thanks for having me back on again. Well, I appreciate it. You know, obviously, we've always rooted for you. Of course, we, we selfishly we root for everybody. We root for all Baltimore. That's the way that it works. And so we will continue to root for you no matter what happens. Um, Bruce, I, 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 you know, I can only imagine this has been a, a weird season for you of baseball and starting out with kind of the highest of highs and getting to be an opening day starter and then going through some struggles. And being back to this point where you pitch, how do you how do you describe the entirety of everything you've been through and how you're feeling now about where you are in your path? Uh, yeah, like you said, it's been a, an interesting season. Um, definitely started out probably better than I ever have uh, so far in my career. And, you know, I learned a lot from that and took a lot from that. Um, you know, I hit a little bit of a speed bump there for a little bit and kind of was trying to work on too many things at once, which, you know, unfortunately, at the at that top level, you really can. You kind of kind of be rolling on all cylinders at all times. Um, so taking a step back and you know being back here in Norfolk uh, definitely was uh, a blessing in disguise. It gave me time to uh, step back with a little less pressure and you know get back to what I was doing so well in the beginning of the year. And these last uh, few starts down here, I definitely feel like um, you know I've been able to make those adjustments and. You know, working with Ramsey down here, he's the pitching coach, has, has been great. Um, he's been an, an amazing asset and, you know, really gotten back on track. But, you know, hopefully, you know, took this time to, to make these adjustments. And then, you know, obviously things can change so quickly at the, the big league level, right. uh, personnel. So, you know, hopefully one way or another, uh, get back up there. But, yeah, like you said, it's been kind of a, a weird year for me, but definitely uh, hoping to get back up soon to, you know, help contribute to this team because, you know, for the for the moment I was back up there to, to fill in, you know, for that bullpen role, just to be with those guys on this run that they're having. And, Pretty cool. Um, the clubhouse and, you know, how the guys were playing together. It was just a, a different feeling and one that I really, really looked forward to um, growing up as an Oriole to see that kind of winning atmosphere and energy again um and to be a part of it in the clubhouse so yeah like i said hopefully you know get back up there and you know can contribute again in some way bruce coming off a five inning shutout effort in his last start which is very encouraging as you point out could you dumb some things down for me like when you say you were working on too many things at once is there a way to describe that so that like a, a layman an idiot like myself can understand <laughs> what that meant and and why maybe it, it, it didn't work for you as you were trying to do too much. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was simple is always better in season um, when you're trying to tinker with things and, and stay on what you're doing well. Um, and there was just a couple of things that we were working on that kind of went away from what I was doing in the off season to get ready to be in that shape that I was in the beginning of the season and have the success I did. So we were able to kind of just pull back and readjust the sights, so to speak, um, to what I was doing in the off season a little more closely. And, you know, that seemed to clean things up relatively quickly. So um, it was mainly some stuff with arm path. But other than that, it was, you know, just like I said, resetting to what I was doing in the off season. Um, 
to get my mechanics back to where the the field that I like them. And uh, with Ramsey's help and you know taking that time down here, I feel like definitely gotten back into the rhythm um, that I had in the beginning of the year and brought the life back to my pitches that was kind of um, missing the last couple starts up there. Bruce Zimmerman is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. I'm going to tell you more about what's going on with the Norfolk Tides in one second. I do need to take just a quick second. Uh, we have breaking news as we've been talking with Bruce. Uh, the Orioles have dealt Jorge Lopez to the Minnesota Twins. Um, and uh, Yanir Cano is the top prospect that comes back to the Orioles in that deal. We will talk more about that coming up in the 11 a.m. hour. But, you know, as you point out, Bruce, there might be a need for another. You never know how this works, right? Like, it is kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah I, with, with that with that said, if I could take a second, obviously you've gotten to know Trey really well these last couple of years. Um, everybody here is bummed, and I, I can only imagine how it feels for somebody like you. But can you put into words what Trey has meant to this franchise, this organization, to everyone he's come across over these last couple of years? It's really hard to, to be honest with you. Um, what he's meant to the organization and, you know, to the city of Baltimore. And, um, I mean, he's been with us since the start. I think it's about 10 years he's been in this organization. So he's been, you know, from the the end of the good times through the, through the bad times and then back into this, you know, so close to turning the corner here um, and finally being on a team that, you know, could make a push for the playoffs again. Um, but that doesn't even begin to touch the the character of the guy and, and what he means off the field in the clubhouse and to the city. Um, everybody knows he's going to go out there and he's going to work and he's going to be that leader on the field and he's going to show up every day and he's going to, you know, give that example to the younger guys of how to go about their business. But the leader that he was in the clubhouse, the guys looked at him as kind of, you know, a, ste- a steady Eddie, you know, for mm. throwback terms. But he would come in and he'd take care of his business every day, whether he was hitting or whether he was not. I mean, you just looked at that guy as the stalwart of the, of the group. Um, and obviously his impact on the city with, um, with like Mo- Mogaba and everything and what he got. And, you know, you could tell... I would have loved to be there, obviously, but I could see from the videos on, you know, obviously his last hit, the inside the park home run, Dude. and the curtain call when he came out, you know, it just sent a little chill down your spine, you know, how how much you could see the, the city felt that and, and what he means to them. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. Obviously, he's, I think he's going to go and have a ridiculous year and playing in Minute Maid, and, you know, I think – as bittersweet as it is, a lot of people are very happy that he's going to get a chance to chase the, you know, chase a pennant down with the Astros, but obviously would have liked to see him do it here. But yeah, like you would be a tough pill to swallow for probably a little bit longer than most people would admit. Um, not having him in the clubhouse and not seeing Mancini in the lineup card every day. And it, I don't think it's, it's, it's hard to explain um, just how much it'll, it'll be impacted and how long, but, you know, his time here, he did probably everything possible a guy could do coming up through an organization to, you know, respect the name on the front of the jersey as well as the name on the back. And, you know, you just can't say enough good things about the guy. Man, everything you just said is so powerful. Dude, you're giving me goosebumps the way that you describe it. And and what I'm really feeling there is the Baltimore in you coming out when you talk about the city because I, I think you uniquely know – 
um, the love affair that, that, that people have had over the years with Orioles in this city. Um, and I'm not saying that this doesn't exist in other places. I'm sure, you know, we went to Cincinnati and people will talk about that with Reds. But you, you know the way people talk about things. Trey was never, he was never once an All-Star. He never played in a playoff game. And yet this city was in love with him. I mean, it was, he, he was a, a hallowed figure in this city despite the fact that like the accomplishments wouldn't say that he was one of the best baseball players of the last decade. It, it's so uniquely special, and I, and I do get the sense that even beyond being a teammate, you understand that a little bit more based on how this city works. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guy did everything possible, like I said, to ingratiate himself and to give back to the community and and really take on what it means to be you know the guy on the team you know, for a city to look to, um, to be like, he's the representative for the Orioles. Like that's the guy we want to look to. That's the guy that we want to represent our city and, and to be there. So, yeah, like I said, it's really, I mean, it means a lot, you know, obviously, like you said, it's I mean, a unique experience because I, even though I wasn't in the system, I grew up hearing about Trey and then finally yeah. seeing him and getting two home runs on his debut and everything, <laughs> right. you know, from the, from the beginning. So I have a unique, advantage uh, vantage point of that and you know that's what any guy would want to do coming through an organization you know that's been at his back from the absolute highs to you know the absolute, absolute lows a couple of years ago to bounce back I mean there's just you'd be a very uh, different person and not find a way to be absolutely you know the biggest fan of Trey and what he's done for the city and the team for the past you know nine years let me come back to you for a second, Bruce. You, do you, on a, on a human level, is it difficult to deal with the disappointment? And maybe even more so because you know you are you. you this is the this is your city. This is your place. Um, is, is it difficult to deal with? Do you had did you have to go through a minute where you dealt with self doubt and 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 how do you handle that? Like how do you handle the disappointment, the pressure, all of those things to say, hey man, no, this is just this is just the way this works. Sometimes people struggle a little bit and you just got to get back to work and go for it. I, I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a probably a good human story that somebody needs to hear in, in dealing with things, not always going your way. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, yeah, obviously it's one thing you never want to admit as a competitor, but there was, you know, a couple of times at the end of that stretch where I was struggling where it was, it was definitely hard to, you know, stay positive it felt like i was trying to do everything possible and nothing was you know following my way for a few weeks there and that was probably one of the tougher stretches that i've ever experienced with success um in my career and and but at the same time i knew going back to the beginning of the season what was there um and obviously there's i think there's more in there than even that so um to find a way to resettle and refocus and find a way to make a plan to get back to that point was probably the biggest thing. And then, you know, obviously getting some success again and building on that and building on that and, you know, just remembering what is possible, um, you know, with how I can play. Uh, and then finally seeing the success down here and seeing some of the things come back that I know will lead to success um, with pitch shape and, you know, mechanics and all the, the technical terms, but mentally speaking, I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely a little bit tough to get your, uh, your bell rung, you know, once or twice, but you know, you got to get off the mat and you got to stand back up again and, and go back after it. So, 
Um, I think that's one thing that I knew was always coming at some point, and everybody knows, you know, you're going to, as Marshawn Lynch always said, you're going to get got at some point. So you just got to dust yourself off, get back up, and, and you know, put the nose down and, and figure out what made you successful in the first place and never forget that because there's always a way to get back to it. Uh, do you feel like you're in a good place now for when that call comes? Like, do you feel like mentally you're in a place where – I, I am. I have gone through all of this, and I'm ready, and I'm going to be able to provide this team some some big effort between now and hopefully October. Yeah, I mean, I would say right now, without a doubt, um, at least for the last few weeks, and, and you know, especially right now after these last couple starts, um, everything that I've been seeing, I'm definitely feeling confident enough to come back up and, and do my job to the ability that I was doing. Uh, the beginning of the year and, and provide, you know, length for the team and, and be uh, steady in that regard. So um, mentally and physically, I think this is the, the best I've felt uh, since the beginning of the year. And I'm only, you know, just waiting around to whenever that opportunity comes again to contribute to the Hopefully the guys keep, you know, doing the amazing run they've been on and, you know, we can possibly push for that wild card spot because I would love nothing more. Be um, awesome more side of me to be on a team that's pushing for that so that's so cool yeah i'm very uh tell me one thing that you've learned about dl hall too while you've been down there you know you know everybody is freaking out about that guy tell me one thing that you've learned about him and what makes him special Jeez, i mean it's, it's hard to really pick one thing um you know i've heard about him since i came to the organization uh but to see him and his you know some of the last couple outings where he's you know punched out you know, two an inning for five innings, um, just to see the how electric his stuff is. I mean, the guy's got raw talent and potential, you know, through the absolute roof. And he's I've really seen him hone in on some things in the last few starts, especially on the mental side of the mound. Um, and he's really developing and maturing on the mound kind of at real time in AAA right now. And I, I think he could absolutely, I mean, he's, he's so close to being, you know, just absolutely dialed in from start to start to start. I mean, I can't wait to see him get up and show his stuff against the major league level because I think he's still going to gonna absolutely dominate some hitters up there. I mean, his stuff is, is pretty ridiculous. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, the Tides are home this week. Uh, giving away baseball cards tonight. It's also Faith and Family Night. Events this week include Car Wash Wednesday, Bark in the Park, as well as a $2 beer happy hour on Thursday, a towel giveaway on Friday, as well as fireworks on Saturday, a Marvel event at the game where uh, the Tides will be wearing a uh, Hulk jersey, which I'm actually quite excited for. I can't deny that. Um, and uh, just all sorts of stuff going on. Find out more by going to NorfolkTides.com. Uh, it's Invader underscore Z, correct, on Twitter? And is it at – it's just Bruce Zimmerman on Instagram? Yes, it is. Yep. Give Bruce a follow on those places. Um, dude, rooting like hell for you. Always will, no matter what. Greatly appreciate you uh, coming on with us this morning. And open it up, too, man. Like I, I know that it can't always be fun to talk about, but thank you for sharing um, everything with us this morning. We can't wait to see you back here in Baltimore, dude. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again, man. Bruce Zimmerman checking in with us here on GCR. Baltimore zone, pride of uh, Loyola Blakefield, Towson University. And, um, you know, yeah, the, the, like what you said at the beginning of the year, like, wow, you like what you saw. And then things did not go well for a while. And 
hopefully he gets that one more opportunity because it would be a very neat local story for him to get that chance. So, yeah, um, as we were talking to Bruce Zimmerman, the Orioles did indeed finalize the deal, or at least it was reported that it was finalized, for Jorge Lopez to go to the Twins. Um, this, to me, is not stunning. We're going to make a – we're still going to talk to Femi Ayambadejo here in a few minutes, but we're going to make a programming change, and we're going to try to move Mike Devereaux to later in the week. Dan Zimborski from Fangraphs, um, who certainly is far more qualified to tell us about these players the Orioles are getting in return, is going to join us to try to explain it a little bit better. Um, I mentioned Yanir Cano, or Yanir Cano, I'm not sure. Yanir? Cade Povich is the other significant player. Uh, That's a left-handed pitcher, Cade Povich. Yeah, he's a a high-A guy. He's 4-6 and uh, with a 4.46 and 1-2-3 whip. That's definitely not going to get – those numbers aren't going to, like, you know, get people terribly excited. I'm trying to find out a little bit more. Again, these will be – I will pose these questions – Oftentimes, Cano has like a nine plus ERA in yeah. with Jesus the Twins because he's pitched for the Twins, but he's looked good in Triple yeah. A. Yeah, Triple A is really good. One and one, one point nine ERA. He's point, a reliever. Point nine three. He's a reliever. Yes, yes Cano is yeah. a reliever. Cano is a reliever. Uh, Cade Povich was ranked the twenty second prospect in the Twins system. So, I, like the irony of this is, I thought they were going to do really well for Lopez and get almost nothing for Mancini. The argument would be almost the exact opposite. Yeah, I, I it think really like, is. on paper they did better for Mancini than they did for Lopez. They got, they got an eighteen-year-old kid, Juan Rojas. We, I mean, who we don't we don't know. Okay, about. all right, eighteen-year-old <laughs> kid. Well, so welcome. Good to have you. Um, like I said, we will talk more about uh, this with Dan Zimborski from Fangraphs coming up here in about 23 minutes. Look, the answer for what it means to the Orioles is very simple. Felix Batista is the closer. And I think most of us, as we've been watching in recent weeks, we've all seen the same thing. Felix Batista is the dominant arm in the bullpen. And truthfully, as Jorge Lopez did blow a few saves over the course of the last month, there was a part of me that was sort of like, um maybe you do just take get while the getting's good like take whatever you i as you guys know i have not been down on the idea now i part of it is i thought that you were going to get a little bit more than again on paper what it seems like you've gotten i'm not trying to pretend like i know anything actually anything about these players that the orioles are getting back in those trades but i did think that lopez as an asset was going to be the type of thing where you could steal you know like a real top prospect in the process for someone who was having a high level season as a closer um, that aside, I'm not worked up about it. And clearly, it's not just that it's not like Trey. I mean, nothing could be like Trey. Trey was a piece of the community. I think we all like the story of Jorge Lopez and his son. I think that was a neat story early on this season. But we don't have a connection with Jorge Lopez, really. Um, Jorge Lopez was found money. And that was sort of the thing that I kept saying whenever this conversation would come up. He was found money. Jorge Lopez was nothing. None of us had a thought about Jorge Lopez coming into this season, and the Orioles managed to spin him into being something that acquired them something at the deadline. Because of the depth that they have in their bullpen, I'm okay with it. Now, there is a deflating feeling now, the totality of you're just trading guys away. And it's not even 6 o'clock yet. Like, they could still try to trade away Jordan Lyles, too. There could still be something more to come. And as I said, that's a deflating feeling of, hey, we're in the midst of this special season. 
and you're over 500 and you're very much in the thick of things and you're trading away and you're weakening your major league team. And it would go a long way for this to be the preface to the arrival of someone else. I know I was joking about with Eric Arditi earlier today, but I mean it. I really do think that the emotions, the the what we're feeling being down about what this means for the current team could be alleviated if the Orioles say, hey, let us get through the moves that we're going to make, and then coming up next week, you're going to have a Gunnar Henderson, you're going to have a D.L. Hall around here. And a belief that those guys could genuinely help and and close the gap a little bit on what it is that you've lost. We'll see. We'll see what the decisions that are made are. Um, I'm not overly emotional. I, I can't be. It's, it's Jorge Lopez. No offense. I, I can't be overly emotional about Jorge Lopez. But, um, but it, is, it is still someone who is performing well at the major league level. It was still someone who was... He was an all-star performer for this team. Yep. I can't pretend like the team is just as good without him as they are with him tomorrow or today, tonight. But I do I do happen to think that Felix Batista was showing himself that he was the guy. And that overpowering arm at the end of the bullpen, that's the trend now. It's nuts. It's nuts. That's All right. It. Hour number one in the books. We will talk more about the trades the Orioles have made coming up a little bit later on in the program. Um, right now, I, I I meant to ask him if he wanted to do this earlier, and I just kind of forgot, and I apologize. Uh, he's one of my favorite people. I, I've always loved my conversations with Femi Ayambadejo, and um, when I, I when I saw the news last week about the changes the Ravens were making, all I could think to myself is, like, why wouldn't Femi be a part of that? That doesn't make sense. So I just want to talk to him about it, um, see where he's at, and we'll talk some Ravens, too. He is, of course, Super Bowl champ, and Femi Ambedejo is with us here on GCR. Femi, what's going on, brother? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? You doing good? I'm all right, man. Everything's all right. I feel like this is such an awkward thing because we're talking about a job that you lost. There's no way of getting around that, right? Like, there's yeah. no way of getting yeah, around not, that. Yeah, hey, hey, I, you got to remember, I'm, I'm an NFL football player. Yeah, I've you've been through many this. jobs. I've acquired, right, right. acquired many jobs, and... We don't always agree with the the way they evolve or the rhymes or the reasoning for why people make certain decisions. But, you know, if you if you operate with, you know, a bit of character and humility, you always land on your feet. So, you know, I'm happy to talk about whatever you want to talk about. I, I don't hold punches. I'll keep it real. I'll keep it clean. And we'll just take it from there. Let's, so uh, let's just, ask me. Feel free to ask me whatever you want to ask me. Let's just don't start be awkward with, about it. I, I, I get it. I get it. I, pre- I appreciate you. This is what makes you so great. Um, I, I would, I, I would imagine you're disappointed. I, can we start there? I would just imagine that this is not something yeah. that you wanted. It's... No, it's not. I think, um, you know, I, 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 I was doing it for two years. You know, I'm local. I, I live in this community. Um, I've been back for almost a decade now, as you know, you know, my brother played five seasons. I played three seasons. I, I interned under coach Harbaugh, um, under the Bill Walsh, um, uh, coaching intern, uh, opportunity that was created years ago. Uh, I believe it was 2011 when I did that with Coach Harbaugh. I've, I've been pretty much around, you know, through the models, you know, Steve Bishotti coming on board, all the different guys in the scouting department. Everyone knows me fairly well over there. I love this football team. You know, I played for numerous teams, and the Ravens are the, are the only team that I care about. So, yeah, it, it wasn't it – wasn't, it didn't go the way that I wanted to, but I think um, if, we're, if we're doing the accounting properly and we're using a scalpel and not an ax, I think there's many people that were disappointed – 
in the decision that was made, and I think uh, many people were, were surprised as well, as, as well as I was surprised. You know, I think the communication could have been a, been a little bit better, and I also think that um, the, the people that made the decision, I'd never had a conversation with, not, not one time last hmm. year, hmm. not one time this year. It was kind of made, um, in my opinion, unilaterally. I think if you ask anybody over at Hearst and most people at the Ravens, I think they would say that they wanted me back. And I think that there probably could have been a middle ground and an opportunity to find a way to keep me involved because I really do love the media gig. Uh, but obviously I do other things as well. So yeah. I, I think um, a little bit of unfamiliarity with me and, and the person in charge probably led to some of this. Them not really knowing my work ethic. Them not knowing that I'm coachable. And if there were issues or concerns about the way that I did the broadcast or if there's things they wanted me to do, I bet you had they asked, I would have said yes. But it never really came to that point. And just one more thing before you ask me another question. Rod is a great dude. He's a former teammate of mine, sure. super intelligent. He's got a Hall of Fame jacket, obviously. Um, so I have, you know, this is not about Rod or any other person, whoever, you know, whoever got the job. God bless him. Good luck to him. I'm a Raven all day, every day. So, you know, I'm going to be cheering um, as a fan, and I'm, I'm going to be cheering for whoever's in the booth with, uh, with Jerry. But boy, you just covered two things. So the first one to me was going to be, you're not angry. at if, if there was an opportunity that came to you and said, hey, man, we want to add Rod to the booth, could, could you do something else with us? You would have been willing to listen to that. Yeah, I would have been. I wasn't given that that opportunity. You know, um, you know. Look, I'm not going to say names on air here because I don't think it's. No, I, I get it. You're a professional. Do that. I, it'll yeah. come. It'll come across as me throwing people under the bus, which is not what I want to do. But I can tell you, the the person in my in my opinion, the person who made the decision does not know me very well, and didn't give me the opportunity to talk about other things or other roles or, and I don't think they wanted three people in the booth to be honest. But like I said, I, I was pretty removed from the, from the discussions. I think Rob targeted as a person of interest to fill the role uh, last year, honestly. Um, and I think as things have opened up and traveling has become easier and obviously, you know, Rod became accessible. I, I, can, I can see the, um, the, the lore of Rod. I can see yeah. why, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and I just think that I'm a, you know, I, did, I, I came back here and, and I chose to come back to Baltimore for a reason. The Ravens were a big part of it. Going to Hopkins and doing my was a big part of it. My kids being here was another part of it. But I'm embedded in this community. I think there's certain things uh, that I see. I think there's certain ways that I analyze things due to the way that my brain works from an <laughs> analytics standpoint. I think I bring a, a little bit of a unique vibe. Yeah, you know, you know my brother well. You know how we operate. Yeah, yeah. I think I bring a bit of a, of a unique vibe to things, right? So I think I do things a little bit differently, but I'm always flexible. You know, I think that, you know, the, the best ability is availability, right? Can you do it? Are you willing to learn? Are you willing to take on some, some different uh, roles? Or are you willing to do it differently? Are you willing to put a little different work in? I would have said yes to all that. And that, that never was presented to me. So, so here as, we are. For those that don't know, Femi points out, I know how I know his brother. I used to host a show with Brendan uh, here, and, and it was one of my favorite things, and getting to know these guys. I, I, I love both of you guys. You guys have challenged me, and you have made me smarter, and I've always appreciated uh, the conversations we have over the years, and I do know exactly what you're talking about with the way that your brain works. Femi Aymadejo's with us here on GCR. Um Femi, the other thing that you said there that I thought was critical was this, this doesn't impact your feelings about the Ravens. Like you, you're not you're not holding a grudge here. Oh no, absolutely not. I'm a Raven all day, every day, and whether I agree with a singular person in media's decision, my my love, my affection, my um, experience, blood, sweat, and tears with this team is unchanged. It'll never be changed. Uh, I have a great relationship with Steve Bashotti still. You know, Coach Harbaugh and I have always had a great relationship. Coach Billick and I go back to the Minnesota days. You know, 
I've seen guys come to Baltimore that I played with. Matt Burke from Minnesota was a, was a Viking, became a Raven. Uh, Anquan Bolden, I played with in Arizona, came, came to uh, Baltimore, became a Raven. There's a lot of guys like me who started in one place and ended up in another, meaning Baltimore specifically, and the rest and after is not relevant. Even all day, every day, play like a Raven, the character traits, the grind, the grit, being an undrafted free agent, even through Minnesota, I, I belong here. And I, and I will never let anything uh, involving um, a, a kind of uh, a job that is tangentially related to the organization, but really <laughs> run by a whole different group of people. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a whole different ball of wax. So absolutely zero effect. I'm happy that Sashi Brown is here, by the way. I thought that was a great pickup. It's cool. Nick Cass was a mentor for years. I, you know, I, I love Cass. He's always been there for me. There's been so many people at the organization level that if I needed anything, if I needed to reach out, they've always been there. So this is a blip, an unfortunate blip on the map, but in no way changes how I feel about this team and what I think this team can do and how much I love Lamar and how much I love this defense and the draft and what they did and Eric and like, yeah, you, you can tell I'm a few, I know. Like I, this does not change anything about my love for this city and this team. Absolutely not. Because once again, this is a, a, a person or a group of people who made a, a decision that they felt was best. I obviously don't agree, uh, but that's really, that's neither really neither, really neither here nor there. And who knows, right? Maybe something can come up later where I could get involved again, or, you know, maybe somebody will say, hey, you know what, this might be something good for Femi. And, and of course I would always listen. I never let my pride get in the way of progress. Cause that's just a stupid way to act. You know, bridge, so you understand business decisions. And like I told you before, when I first came on being undrafted, you get used to being handed a certain, you know, deck of cards or a certain mm. cards and you do your best to play them. And they're not always good cards. Sometimes they're just, they're terrible cards and you do your best to navigate the table or navigate the, uh, the room with what you have in your hand. And like I said, most times I land on my feet. So all good. I love that, man. God, I love that. He's Femi Aymbadejo. He's with us here on GCR. Um, yeah, it's hard to not hear your excitement. I mean, I think I think we've covered it. You're disappointed. I, I think we're good there. It's still not hard to not hear your excitement about this. Is is part of this that like, yeah, it's a particular bummer because maybe there was a chance that you could be broadcasting games for a Super Bowl team this year. Yeah, no, definitely. I, you know, um, a little inside joke. I always say that the Ravens only win Super Bowls when there's an on, a Jan Badejo involved. I mean, involved, so, I mean, so far, two, right? Two for you know two, one hundred percent. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, maybe just as a lucky charm, maybe it just kept me around. You know what I mean? But um, no, I, I, I think, I think, uh, I, I, let me tell you this. I will do stuff with the Ravens um, needed. You know, Matt Little, who works over at the Ravens, um, he, he does a lot of stuff for retired players and the Ravens alumni. Actually doing something uh, at the cap. Uh, Sashi's doing an interview and I'm, I'm the, the former player who's going to be doing some Q&A on Thursday, actually, not tomorrow. Um, I've done a ton of stuff with the Ravens and Safeway and the Maryland Food Bank and, you know, families uh, that are food insecure. I'm going to continue to do that stuff in the community. That's all through the Ravens. So there are still things that I can get involved in. Um, you know, I think that this organization does things the right way from the way it interacts with the community uh, to the way it treats its current and former players uh, to the way that uh, uh, Coach Harbaugh, uh, Eric, the, um, you, you name all the people that go back. Um, they have a certain way of letting guys be who they are. They're not afraid to take risks. You know, everyone looked at Lamar as a risky pick back when he was drafted at the end of the first round. I thought it was an excellent pick. He was an excellent fit for the city. I think all that has come true. And I think Lamar has a massive chip on his shoulder. 
uh, as well as the way that last year ended. I expect the Ravens to win the AFC North. I expect them to be in contention for a Super Bowl. And I'm not just saying that as a fan. I'm saying that as an analyst and a pundit. I really do believe severely underestimated this year. Um, what's your? I, I didn't get a chance to chat with you when when Goose passed away. What what's your go to story when people ask you about that, dude? Oh man, man, so heartbreaking, bro. So heartbreaking because I just saw Goose at the uh, no, at the uh, Meyerhoff Symphony, Maryland yeah. Symphony. Yeah, the my yes, yes, and 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 I did not go to his funeral, but let me tell you why I didn't go because the last memory that I had of, of with him that we shared was on that stage at the end of the Q and A that they did. And um, him and I were talking about the game, formerly the, the commanders, Washington Redskins at that time. Uh, I got hurt in that game. And that's the infamous uh, game where Goose had uh, some stomach issues, let's just say, right? And I was at, in the bathroom with him when he was getting uh, helped by the doctors. I mean, and I was reminding <laughs> him of that incident. <laughs> And we were talking about it. And what's what's classic is my girlfriend got the video of him and I talking on stage, yeah. And he let out the biggest laugh. He gave me the biggest hug. And Goose was at a loss because I was rec- like, dude, I was in the stall next to you, bro. I remember everything. <laughs> and we started laughing. And uh, we hugged. And we we hugged for like probably a minute rolling. You know? And I have that video. I actually posted it um, in my Instagram stories the day of his funeral. That is my last moment in memory with Goose. And I'm not letting anything take that away from me. I want that to be it. I have it on video saved. I've gone back and watched it numerous times since his passing. I've had numerous teammates pass away. Chuck Evans, to bring up another one who played with me in Baltimore and Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Orlando Bobo also played with me in Minnesota and Baltimore. Uh, But I would say that Goose and Chuck Evans had the most impact uh, on my life in regard to uh, feeling some certain type of way about losing a guy who's actually a few guys that are actually young and that influenced you and that you shared with and broke bread with and had drinks with goose and I in 1999, uh, it was goose's show, but remember think about the Ravens in 99, right? Brian has gotten here. Yep. Started out a little slow. Goose couldn't get anybody to show with him in the, at the barn. Guess every Tuesday and did his show drinking bottles with goose. Me, I was there pretty much every <laughs> Tuesday getting loose. With the goose at the barn on Baca Sodas. Yes, that was me. People don't understand. That's like my first foray in the media. Dude, nobody understands what a good time that was in Baltimore either, man. Like, what a time it was to be, like, falling in love with a football team. And I I give Goose so much credit for this, right? Like, you guys were going to win a Super Bowl. People were going to fall in love with the Ravens eventually. But, dude, the way that he, like, personally went out and and met everyone and said, I want to touch every person in this community. And I also want to make fun of them and I want to bust their balls, the whole thing. But he went out of his way to establish relationships to make people fall in love with the Baltimore Ravens. And it's hard for young – I got two young people sitting at the table with me right now. Like, it's hard for them to understand the concept of, like, where the Ravens were and that that love affair didn't always exist the way that it exists today and, like, how crazy it was for guys like you and for him to go out and say, I'm going to make people in this community fall in love with us. Yeah, I watched there be – seven or eight people at the barn, you know, maybe another 10 would stumble in. And then as that season went on, I, I think we started two and six. And I think we had a five or six game win streak during that 99 season, which was a prelude to 20 uh, to two, the 2000 season. Obviously I watched that place get more packed every day as we went one more football games, you know, as Tony Banks had more success as uh, as Brian got more creative with the offense, the defense was always solid. Special teams was always solid. But the offense started to find his way. Kadri had a couple real big games. Yeah. 
in there. Uh, you know, I think he had a 200 That Steelers uh, yard, game. Uh, Dude, he had it all in like, game. he had it in one quarter. Exactly. Two or three, yeah, two or three touchdowns in that game. Yeah. And I think we started to kind of find our way. And we always gave Jacksonville at that time and Tennessee at that time a run for their money. And they were kind of the, the, the class of the AFC at that time. And we always played them tough. And that was the old AFC Central, remember? So it wasn't the AFC North at that yep. point. It was the Central. So, that, you know, it was Tennessee, you know, um, Jacksonville, us, Pittsburgh, and uh, uh, Cincinnati and Cleveland, I believe. Um, I think I got that right. Uh, yep. But generally yep. speaking, though, you know, uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we, we had a tough division. Uh, we, we, played, we played tough, hard-nosed football. And I watched team uh, people start to fall in love with that team. And you're right, Ju- uh, Goose was a big catalyst in that happening. Just the way he embraced the community, and the community embraced him. It's hard to forget his personality and just and just who he is as a person. He did not give a damn about anything. He just wanted to have a good time and go kick ass and take names, and that's infectious. It did it, did it quite well. He did it quite well, and I'm glad you brought up uh, Chuck Evans. What, by the way, what a hell of a fullback room you guys had at that point with you, Chuck, and Sam Gash, but. Um, I got to work with Chuck. Yeah, no, you know what? That's that, yep, yep. Chuck that, is hey, that's a, a good point. You know what? We had a we had a we, we had a crazy backfield. Think about this. We had Jamal Priest. Yeah. I yeah. was the swing back, right? Because I right. would play tail and full, right? And you had Chuck and you had uh, Sam Gash. Yeah. I mean, that's insanity when you D- think about decent room. Just the flexibility of the room and different things. Yeah, exactly. Right. It was wild. Yeah, good time. And you know what? That started and that that kind of uh, you know uh, fully stacked backfield. Um, a lot of that stuff started in in Minnesota. You know what I mean? Because we back room with Mo Williams, David Palmer, Robert Smith, Leroy Horde, Chuck Evans. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying I was the one who made it up. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I got to participate in two amazing backfields, um, uh, starting with Minnesota and Brian's kind of uh, concept of, of offense and how he used backs and then him bringing that uh, to the Ravens. So, yeah, pretty, pretty amazing stuff. You want to remind everybody about Health Real while we got a minute here? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm actually about to relaunch. So for those of you that don't know, I'm a, I've been in the digital health space for almost 10 years now. I've been a human form, performance expert for about 15 years now. And I have a form called uh, Real. And it's uh, two E's in that Real. It's not R-E-A-L. It's R-R-R-E-E-L, healthreal.com. Website, we have a, um, an application there that's free. It'll give you an assessment on, on, first of all, it'll do a mental health assessment. It'll do a body composition assessment, a metabolic performance assessment. It'll give you some healthy uh, some recommendations on healthy weight, caloric intake, macronutrients. It can be quite a lot. One of the cool things that we're going to do is we're going to add a coaching component to that so a real live human can start helping people with it. Some of the data can be overwhelming, and some people have never seen this kind of data before. You know, I started this while I was at Hopkins. Uh, I partnered with NASA through uh, NASA Technology Transfer. I work, I work with, the space, with the space agency quite a bit. Uh, there's a NASA lab uh, right here in Greenbelt. Um, they have quite a few amazing uh, algorithms that entrepreneurs can license. Uh, you know, whether you're you know just a person trying to build something, um, um, or just a citizen trying to you know come up with the, the next uh, kind of big thing. In, in a... so that's kind of what I've been I've been doing right now. I'm on social media, Obafemi30 on Instagram, Obafemi30 on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find. Always happy to uh, help people out. And once again, I'll be actually, I'll actually be one of the coaches on the platform when it goes live, probably in the next it's cool. uh, 30 to 45 days. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, Obafemi, I am Badejo. Uh, I'm bummed for you, but I also know that you're going to do quite well because I know you and there's you're amazing. So I'm not worried about that in any way. Um, always appreciate you, my friend. We're going to be in touch, and, and maybe there's a way you could we could partner up with you somehow. We're, we'll be in touch, all right? I promise you that. Thank you yeah, for taking the time. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. 
Femiano <laughs> Bedejo. Man, great dude. Love that guy. And I get it. You know, Rod Woodson's a Hall of Famer, and he said all those things. I can understand the appeal. But um, it would be nice to see Femi. I, I do like the fact that Femi's here. I said that when this – I like the person that's doing it being somebody who's here. I just do. I like that, that you have a feel for the community that's a little bit different. Um, coming up in just a bit, we will have Simply the Bets. We do it every Tuesday. It's brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. We will be getting to that around 11.40, 11.45 this morning. Uh, weekend at Bookies returns on Thursday. Before then, let's find out more about what the moves the Orioles have made. Dan Zimborski from Fangraphs joins us next. Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man appreciate it the great kurt angle thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it matt riddle yeah man thanks man. the champ drew mcintyre oh, thank you for having me the great ron simmons Damn. keith lee appreciate you guys having me man bill goldberg my pleasure charlotte thank you so much for having me mick foley is with us this is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion! Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out Buy a Toyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes who lives these coaches have impacted offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com to follow the show on instagram it's just glenn clark radio and to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait i don't think you're supposed to know about that one any hoodle. Take it away, boys. All right, back in here on GCR. Again, the Orioles, after dealing Trey Mancini last night, uh, the Astros have sent Jorge Lopez to the Twins this morning. 
Um, I read what it is that uh, Dan Zimborski wrote at Fangraphs about the Mancini deal, and I imagine he knows a thing or two about the Lopez deal as well. So let's bring him in. Dan Zimborski with us here on GCR. Dan, it's Glenn. Always good to catch up. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No problem. How's it going today? Well, it's an awkward day, Dan, is the best that I would say, right? <laughs> like, it's an awkward day because there are so many different things. And I know you you wrote about this at Fangraphs with the Mancini deal. There's the, you know, hey, is it the right thing to do? There's the everybody wants to feel like they're pretty and that their team won a trade. There's the, you know, the the emotional element of the Trey Mancini aspect, far less obviously with Jorge Lopez. There's just so much here that I think the, the predominant emotion in town is more confusion than anything else. But we want you to tell us that, no, the Orioles have done things really well. This is very smart. Um, this is a home run, what they've done over the course of the last 24 hours. Well, I think it's the kind of thing that you kind of expect from the front office. They were, it's largely, you know, transplanted from the Astros, and they're going to be run a certain way, and there's good and bad about that. Look at the bad out of the way is that from an emotional standpoint, it does hurt to see players go. Even if you think it was the right move, which I do, and I think I actually think both moves are the right moves, arguably. Uh, but you have to take you have to take the sour if you want the sweet. Uh, like we could talk about, you know, we're we're letting Jorge Lopez go, but that churn of relievers in Houston uh, in the late 2010s, uh, where you saw lots of live arms, lots of reclamation projects. That's the kind of thinking that also brought in Jorge Lopez in the first place. Uh, rather than what a lot of teams would have done a few years ago, you know, sign a couple of mediocre veterans to, to fill those gaps. So I, I think that even if it feels bad right now, it's still a positive development because the team has gotten better from in, in 2023 and beyond uh, in, the, in the last day. Okay. Uh, I, this, this is the interesting part. I mean, you mentioned 2023 and beyond. The one criticism that I, I felt like I could levy about these two moves is that it didn't seem to look at next year, right? Like, it looks like the players they acquired, for the most part, were going to be post-2023, and particularly the, the two that they got from the Rays. And, I, and maybe you can tell me a little bit more about, you know, who's who could actually make an impact. And I, that's the one part about this that's tough for me to swallow. You want to say, hey, you're not winning a World Series this year, I get it, and you're still probably up against it for getting into the playoffs, but... It felt like next year was the year they should start prioritizing and saying, hey, we need guys that are ready to go next year. How many of those guys have they really acquired over the course of so the six players they got? How many of them are, are guys that are truly going to be helpful next year? Uh, well, there's, there's an argument that Canova, uh, getting a Canova uh, from the Twins. Yeah. He's a hard throw. He did not have a great de- debut, but he is someone who in a way, is like some of the relievers that Orioles have la- added in the last couple of years. He is a hard thrower. He is kind of raw. And, again, you saw a lot of that type of reliever in Houston uh, who, who they'd bring along and throw in the, rota- in, in the bullpen and get you know, three or four good years out of them. Uh, so he's someone who can't help immediately. And, you know, man, remember, Mancini's mutual option, I don't think, was likely to be picked up by both sides anyway. Uh, so the priority to get someone in that particular trade that will contribute immediately is more difficult because what happens is the sooner you expect a prospect to contribute, generally the lower the overall quality is because the, the risk is a lot less. Uh, and I think from the oil standpoint, they were able to pick up Seth Johnson, who was generally 
in a lot of top 100s coming into the season. Yep. And he was available because of that Tommy John surgery, which does have a pretty good success rate uh, these days, especially compared to something like a shoulder surgery. Uh, I, I think that it's, it's hard to turn down that opportunity, especially because when it comes down to it, uh, players on the first base corner outfield side of the defensive spectrum, the organization is quite deep in those types of players. Now you have them in the minors, you have them in the majors and to a large extent, Mancini didn't really fill as crucial a need for the, for the as, as he did a few years ago. Uh, I mean, you can still love Mancini. He's going to, you know, he's going to be in the playoffs this year for sure. He might be in the world series this year. Uh, and you know, even if they said, hey, we want Mancini in 2023, there's nothing preventing that from happening. See your oldest Chapman and the, and the yep. Red Yankees trade a few years ago. Yep. Uh, the Orioles famously once upon a time with Mike Bordick uh, acquiring Melvin Moore uh, and then trade and signing him back from the Mets at the end of the year. Dan Zimborski from Fangraphs with us here on GCR. And, and, and the, the piece, this is the weird part, right? Like, I. I had said all along, I don't think the Orioles need to trade Mancini, trade Trey Mancini. And if you're trading him for the sake of trading him for absolutely nothing, I don't think you do that. I don't think you just trade him to say, well, we got something for him. But I, I, to your point about, and if you haven't read, we're going to link up uh, Dan's story from Fangraphs. So we'll link that up on our Twitter account at Glenn Clark Radio. To your point about mathematically, it doesn't really change anything about their probability for this year. And they probably did better than could reasonably be expected because, you know, they did take a chance on someone. By taking on the risk of a Seth Johnson coming off a Tommy John surgery, you get a higher quality prospect than probably teams could get for a positionless rental bat. So on paper alone, I I can't tell you I'm excited about it. I can't tell you, like, I love it, but I I get that. I can justify that. Um, On the flip side, I don't know, man. I really thought Jorge Lopez would be an asset that could land you something, like really could get you legitimate kind of top prospects. And maybe you'll sell me on why the you know there's, there's the quantity is quality, but it really does feel like more of a quantity than quality thing here. I'm kind of on paper bummed out by the return for Jorge Lopez. I, I would have liked a, a higher-ranked prospect for sure, uh, but it, it seems it's a case of the Orioles targeting depth a little more than one or two exciting pitching prospects. Uh, one of the notable things, if you look at the organization, uh, for instance, to reference the Fangraphs rankings, obviously, because I know them the best, mm-hmm. uh, not, just, uh, personal, not just personal bias. Yep. Uh, coming before the, before the Mancini trade, we had 13 of the team's top 15 prospects as all hitters. Uh, and you look at the pitchers who are ranked highly, I still like them a lot. There's no reason they're not like Grayson Rodriguez a ton. There's no reason they're not like D.L. Hall. But their outlook hasn't really improved over the season. Sure. Rodriguez, of course, has that abs issue. D.L. Hall still has command issues and a little you know, inconsistency to iron out. Uh, the Orioles need you know, pitching, and they need pitching all over the organization. Uh, so I think here they looked at it and said, okay, we're going to get a couple lower-ranked prospects. I think Bovich is probably the safest of them. He could be a back of the rotation center fairly quickly. Uh, and you look at Rojas and Nunez, and they are kind of lottery picks, but they're the kind of lottery picks that this group did when they were with the Astros. Live arms, interesting. You accumulate a lot of these players. Some of them will work out and hit it big. It's, it's kind of just, you know, strength in numbers 
uh, making you know a lot of long shot bets and seeing which ones pay off. Uh, that's fair, and you know, I I am. I, I'm not here to doubt Mike Elias, right? Because I think he knows what he's doing. I just, boy, I don't know. I had talked myself into Lord Lopez being something that was going to get you, that I was going to come away saying, boy, you just changed the next couple of years. And it's more we'll have to see, as you point out. We will have to see based on the depth they acquired with these moves. Um, do you, in, in general, as far as Lopez is concerned, do you think they were right to just try to sell high right now? Do you think that... If the reasoning of this is, hey, look, we did what the best that we could possibly do because internally we think Jorge Lopez has found money, whose season is truly an outlier as to what he is, and if we waited much longer, we wouldn't be even be able to get this much back. Do you think there might be some reality to that and perhaps justifies just taking as much as you could possibly get at the deadline? I don't think quite to that extreme. Uh, you look at his improvement as a reliever. You look at the, at, at the increased velocity. He, as, as a prospect for the Brewers and the Royals, he was throwing 93-94. Uh, this season, you know, full-time reliever, he's throwing 97-98. There's a big difference there. Uh, his command is a lot better. Uh, you look and across the board, uh, the contact rates of all his pitches have improved from, from his standpoint. Uh, so I, I do think he's a good reliever, but at the end of the day, he's also just a reliever. And what the Orioles have shown is they can build a, a bullpen fairly inexpensively. I think I'm much happier with Felix Bautista as the closer than Jorge Lopez long-term. Uh, and I think this is the kind of the process where you discover pictures like that. Uh, now, if they traded Bautista, I think I would fuss about that. But you look around the league and it's hard to really cash in a ton for a closer. Uh, the, the Brewers traded an extra year of Josh Hader, who is an elite closer. Uh, 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 even if he's had a rough month, he's, he's still an elite closer. He has a good outlook. And their net was only a couple fairly lower-level prospects also. I don't think we had either of them in the top ten uh, of, of their organization or with the Brewers. So I think that, it was reasonable to trade him, even if it wasn't necessary, necessarily. Uh, I hate to use those words twice in a row. Right. Uh, but I, right. I think you can justify the return. Uh, just, it's just kind of where baseball is right now, where the Orioles are. And, you know, I've, I've, I've been pretty hard on them at times, so it's not necessarily orange and black colored glasses for me. Do you, do you, what do you make of the idea that Felix Batista should be this team's closer, that he just whatever you do, that guy needs to be the guy that back into your bullpen because his stuff is just insane. Yeah, I, I, I look at him uh, uh, like, like almost like Dylan Batances uh, some years ago with uh, the Yankees. Okay. His command has improved tremendously. You, you look at him through the minors, you know, very promising arm, explosive fastball, but he always had, you know, serious sinker, uh, but he always had serious command issues. And you look at the turnaround this year, he's just been amazing. I think he is the Orioles' best reliever. I think he is the guy you, you put closing games. And I think that the Orioles have enough reliever arms that it's not that big a deal. It's not like he was the only guy, and now the replacements are all you know, 32-year-old pitchers who we got from you know, double-A ball or something. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm listening. I like that. I like that. Um, Dan, I'll, I'll leave you with this one. I, I said earlier in the show, 
I think that the Orioles could mitigate some of the disappointment that fans are feeling if they followed up in the next week by announcing, oh, and by the way, we're bringing up D.L. Hall and Gunnar Gunner Henderson. Now, I'm not suggesting they just do that for the sake of appeasing fans. That's obviously a terrible way to go about running an organization. But my question would be, do you think those guys are ready? And like, could this be the type of thing that signals, hey, we're going to make these moves. We we think that it's time to go ahead and bring these guys up, give you we, you lost a bat, you lost an arm. We're going to give you a bat and give you an arm, and that this is the the move that I don't know, th- those would be the moves that could instead fortify a team that just lost pieces to try to hang in this race for as long as they can. I absolutely would, especially Gunnar Henderson. At this point, you you have to think, what is he going to do in the minors to make him look even better? Uh, he's had. He's shot up all the rankings. Everyone's ranking him as a top 10 prospect now, generally higher. And that goes for the scouting uh, uh, side. Uh, you look at Keith Law or, again, my colleague Eric Langenhagen. They have both him in the top five. Zips has him. The projections have him in the top five. And that's purely data. Uh, I mean, he has, an, he has an OPS over 900 as a shortstop uh, for, for Norfolk. I, I think that there's not much left for him to prove. And I believe you should challenge your best talent. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Rays are believers in that they do not fear trusting a young player, bringing them up and using them in a big spot. Uh, You look at, I mean, they had Matt Moore make his major league debut in the playoffs uh, about a decade ago. Uh, It's something the Rays will do. And the Rays are very good at player development. And I think that Gunnar Henderson can help the team. Now he makes, it's not just to you know, show off uh, what they have in the organization of fans. Gunnar Henderson gives the team a better shot to make the playoffs than they would have before. Uh, and I think the same goes with, with, with Hall. Yes, Hall has command issues, but the rotation is definitely the weak part of the team. Tyler Wells is, is, is still out, uh, and he's kind of been, I guess, in a way, the, the highlight of the Kramer. Uh, I, I, I think that there is something to, to really recommend looking at Hall. You know, trial by fire. The hottest fire, you know, forges the, the strongest steel. Uh, you know what? I was just about to say that, Dan. That's exactly what I was about. No, I, I, but I like that. I do like that line. And I, you know, I think it would go a long way to um, saying, hey, look, this is who we are now. This is, this is the team. Let's go. Let's go get it done. Um, all right, here's Baltimore's own Dan Zimborski. Uh, Dan, what can I plug for? Obviously, Fangraphs. Um, I know you've done some stuff. What, what all can I plug for you, sir? Well, we are doing a lot of trade deadline stuff on Fangraphs these, uh, the next few days. So definitely check that out. Uh, it's going to keep me up probably 23 hours a day. Shoot, It's all over at six. It's all over. It's all over at that point. Yeah, but then there's the postmortems right. and, the, everybody, and the projections. Everybody wants to know about their yeah, new players now. I get it. I completely understand. And it, yeah, our trade deadline goes into like late Wednesday into I, Thursday. I, I get it. And, it. and it does now look like uh, apparently, I guess, the Juan Soto thing's going to happen with the Padres. Everybody's, the heat is all over that thing. All right, uh, Dan, always appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, especially last minute. Let's do it again soon, all right? Always fun. Thanks for having me. Dan Zimborski from Fangraphs and um, ESPN. I, um, I, 
I got this message from Matt, uh, Matt Torper, who's one of our regulars. Disappointed by the Lopez deal. Expected deals for him or Santander to bring back better value than Mancini. Why not showcase Lopez for the rest of the year and try to flip him this offseason if his value is that low right now? Well, and again, that falls into the idea that, like, internally the Orioles are worried that this is as good as it's going to get for Jorge Lopez. That what they know of him and what they, they think of his talent, his stuff, is that he has outperformed any reasonable expectation you could have and that if you keep throwing him out there, then there are going to be more and more warts and his value will lessen by the time you get to the end of the season. Because the argument is is reasonable. It's reasonable. What if, if you can't get more than this? Now, again, internally, what if, if Mike Elias was being honest, he'll probably say he's being honest. Mike Elias would say to you, we love these guys. The hell with somebody else's top 30 prospect list. We know these guys. We scouted these guys. These guys are players. We made moves today. That's what Mike Elias would say. Is he right? You, me, Carson, Griffin. I mean, we had n- none of us. It's it, We're guessing. We're guessing. But that's what he would say. He would say, we got guys that we liked. And just because they don't show up in the top 10 list of somebody's prospect rankings doesn't mean they aren't helpful pieces that are going to be good for this organization for years to come. That's what Mike Elias would say. I'm with you, though, Matt. My initial reaction to the Lopez deal is, really? Yeah. Like, that's it? That's it? I mean, it's it looks like quantity over quality to me. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I understand Dan's argument when he was saying, you know, the Orioles shown they can develop, you know, these sure. these random, relievers. but particularly bullpen arms, right? right? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I guess yeah. maybe I, my hope was that you were going to get more than that for Jorge Lopez, yeah. right? Like more Me than too. Me too. Um, somebody that could be a developed bullpen arm, but you know, time will tell. Time will tell. I do want to point out real quick. Yes. Uh, since we're on the topic of the Twins, oh, just these so. Between now and August, like, 10th. Okay. They got to play the Blue Jays, the Dodgers, the Astros, the Giants, the Red Sox, the White Sox, the Yankees, and this the, is, and the this Guardians. This is the Twins? Yeah, this is the yeah. Twins. Okay. That's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I and mean, you can understand why they wanted to add. Um, I don't know. I, yeah. Matt, I understand your disappointment. I'm feeling that, too. Right, I, I'm I'm feeling like they did better for Trey Mancini on paper than I. But again, I'm saying all this on paper. I don't know these guys. I think they did better than I expected them to do for Mancini. I didn't think they did as well as I expected them to do for Lopez. Maybe you call all that a wash. I was gonna say maybe does that just balance out? Right, there? I guess maybe. But what I would say is today, today either either they better show me that they're looking to acquire a pitcher for the next couple of years. The one thing that feels disappointing is it doesn't appear as though they're starting to prioritize 2023 either. Like the disappointment about them not going all in for 2022, I can push that aside because it's unlikely. It doesn't feel like they're prioritizing 2023 either. So either they do that, or again they can mitigate some of the disappointment by announcing some call-ups in the next couple of days that feel impactful um we'll talk about that more we got to get to simply the bet so let's wind down uh by the way if you missed it last night stay on the fan and ross grimsley also caught up with the great tim kirkchen from espn you can find it right now facebook.com slash pressbox sports pressboxonline.com slash video or youtube.com slash pressbox online 
Tidbit brought to you by the print issue of PressBox, which is the Salute to Coaches issue. It's available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. John Harbaugh is on the cover. We celebrate um, all of the uh, area coaches who have recently surpassed or are approaching significant milestones, all celebrated inside our Salute to Coaches issue, available right now. Griffin, what you got? All right, so I want to do the Bill Russell one. Pretty pretty quick one, which I think is suitable for today. But uh, maybe, but uh, maybe maybe not the best. We're like, oh, just save it for tomorrow. We <laughs> yeah, have no. about a billion other things going on. Well, it was the one. No I offense had to Bill now. Russell. <laughs> um, but I wanted to do uh, most because he's obviously considered you know pretty much the biggest, the well, greatest champion titles, yes. of all time. So I want to do yes. uh, who has the most wins in uh in NBA history as a player. What, what player has the most wins? The one. Uh, let's do the top five. I mean, you should be able to get them all. Tim Duncan. There you go, number three. Number three, Tim Duncan has over 1,000. Um, 1,001, actually. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There you go. He is number one, 1,074. LeBron? LeBron is up there. When you include uh, playoff wins, he is top five, but regular season wins, he is eighth, seventh. seventh. Magic Johnson. No, no, his career was not long enough. No, it was not. Larry Bird. No, Larry Bird is not up there. So I'm thinking i got to go a bit older than Jordan. There's a Celtic in the top five, though. Uh, no, Jordan. Jordan, yeah, because Jordan didn't like. Yeah, yeah, he yeah didn't I guess dab, the, so yeah, he wasn't long. He enough. was not up there. Well, and the Bulls are really bad at the beginning. You know, yeah, people forget that. People, they eighty six to like eighty nine. It was not, not pretty. a good team. Um, all right, we don't have time. I'm sorry. You're just gonna tell me. Robert Parrish, number uh, two. I yeah. never would have got that. And by the way, and like by the way, everybody forgets Robert Parrish also managed to jump on uh, Bulls teams at the end of his career. At least got one ring with the bull. Like Robert Parrish was a oh, anyway the chief. Yep. John Stockton nine hundred fifty three. Uh, okay. Fourth, Carl Malone is fifth, and Dirk yeah. Nowitzki is sixth. Huh. LeBron is seventh. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that. All right, very good. So, Sorry, we just didn't winning have winning his time players. Yet. Yeah. Uh, tubular uh, tonight brought to you by Glory Days Grill. I gotta share. I took a picture of the uh, the opener, the flash fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce. I was there on Friday. Oh my god. I, I don't know how it sounds when I describe it. I promise you it's even better than that. I let's I wanted to lick the bowl. <laughs> I literally did the bit where I saw the my buddy that I was at uh, Glory Days with. I I watched to see if he would look away so I could run my finger inside the bowl and then lick the sauce off of my finger after the pork belly was gone. Glorydaysgrill.com. Get over there before the opener is gone. It's insane. And they have wings with the number two sauce, they also, too. They also, you know what? Thank you, Carson. They do have that. Including, I went last week. Did you really? I did. You can put After it on this. The, uh, the smoke. It, dude, it's so great. So great. All right. Uh, here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise. The Orioles do indeed continue their series with the Rangers this evening. Jordan Lyles, as long as he's not dealt, is on the mound against Spencer Howard. Uh, Masson, two at 8 o'clock. Masson for Mets Nationals at 7. Probably not Juan Soto, though. MLB Network, Blue Jays, Rays at 7. TBS, Dodgers, Giants at 9.30. Uh, everything else, just go to GlennClarkRadio.com because we don't have time. Uh, non-sports, a highlight or two. Uh, what we do in the shadows, only murders in the building. I do you like those shows? I do like those shows. Carson, you're on social. At Carson Ware. Right, Carson Ware with an I. Give him a follow there. That's right. Uh, thanks today to Dan Zimborski. Thanks also to Eric Arditi. Thanks to F- uh, Femi Ayambadejo and Bruce Zimmerman. We'll get all that up in the Greatest Hits section of the <coughs> tab at glennclarkradio.com. So tomorrow, what are we doing tomorrow? 
Uh, let's see. We have Drew Forrester. Okay. We have. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how things. Okay. Develop. There yeah. we go. Big push <laughs> for tomorrow's show. Oh, Mike Devereaux. Oh, Mike Devereaux. Yeah. We missed today. We're gonna catch up with tomorrow to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Camden Yards. Thanks everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners: Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino and Hotel, All America Lacrosse, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, BuyAToyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass, to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Boom. At Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. If you're with us on video, give us a minute. Come back. If you're with us on audio, do nothing. Simply the Bets is next. And welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Glenn Clark, Griffin Bass, Carson Weekly hanging out with us on a uh, Tuesday as we're going to go over the sl- – we are going to attempt to figure out how to bet a preseason football game because there is a football game scheduled to happen on Thursday night. Um, I don't think that anybody that is – a real player is playing in it, but what the hell? You can still bet on it, and we like to win money, so we'll see if we can't figure that out. Uh, we will head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in just a bit. Uh, Leon's out this week, but we're going to chat with um, their assistant general manager from the FanDuel Sportsbook, Ryan Hordyski, is going to join us a little bit later on. Uh, and we'll head out to Vegas in just a second and chat with our buddy Aaron Oster from VEASAN. And that reminds me that we need to check in on how Aaron did last week. Um, oh, yeah. What a bum. What a loser. Uh, bring up Aaron. What an idiot. Seven and a half strikeouts for Shane McClanahan. He didn't even try to get a half a strikeout. You're stupid. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> what's wrong with you? God. Hey, what's up, pal? How are you? <laughs> You know, I, I was very, uh, let's just say I was very upset at the Rays uh, mm. after that one. Tell me seven uh, strikeouts with 80 pitches. Yep. I, I'm feeling pretty good. Hey, hey, but at least it worked out for them when they went to their bullpen. That was really smart of them to pull uh, Shane McClanahan in hand when they did because they, they were able to ice that thing away. All's good. It was a nice, comfortable victory for the Rays. They, they don't probably don't regret that decision at all. No, not even no. a little bit, no. but... Uh, I, I, I did feel a little bit better when, we got, when I got that first round knockout. You did uh, for Derek Lewis. Uh, they did get that one very quickly. 60-second fight. 60-second fight. Although, yeah. uh, uh, young Griffin, 
who uh, does get the, he does get to be our MMA analyst because uh, we we put his life on the line for a bet this weekend. Literally, his life. We said, Griffin, if you okay. miss this bet, we are sacrificing you. We are, it's a human sacrifice. And what what which one was it? It was, it was uh, the Amanda Nunez to win. Oh, going in round four, five, or by decision. Right. You you had that going long, and you got a decision out of that. So he does get to be our MMA right. analyst because of that. That was the tra- either he died or we get to give him a title <laughs> of MMA analyst, which I think is a fair uh, risk to take. Look, th- th- this is a gambling show, right? Right, yeah. right. So it absolutely you, makes sense. Do you want to feel something or not? Um, he says that it was a poor stoppage. Yeah, I didn't so know. Like, Derek yeah. Lewis should have been able to come. I mean, Derek Lewis still could have ended it in under mm-hmm. one and a half rounds, uh, mm-hmm. but I still, uh, you know, I, I wanted Derek Lewis to win. Yeah, he says it was a poor. He, he <laughs> says it was. I didn't a poor agree stoppage. with the stoppage. <laughs> Let's get into this week. Uh, Aaron gives us five bets. We call them the five L's. We're hoping they're not five losses. A local bet, a long-term, a long shot, a loser, and a lovable bet. Let's begin locally. What you got for us first? All right. I um, hope it, by the way, you know, I hope it doesn't involve Jordan Lyles because I'm not 100% certain that they're not going to deal him to between now and well, 6 o'clock. And, and, and I was just about to say that. Normally, I'd be happy to give you an Orioles play, find one, maybe it hits, maybe it doesn't. I'm not betting on that game. I'm not betting on any games tonight because there's too much that could happen I hear you. in the next few hours. Um, I'm going to wait until after the deadline to make any baseball bets tonight. So I'm skipping the Orioles today. Um, yeah, you know, obviously it's been crazy. Juan Soto just got dealt to the Padres, yep. so that's always fun. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm avoiding Did, baseball betting for today. And, by the way, Josh Bell is also in that trade for those. Yeah, I was about to, yes, I was about to say that. That's yes. a huge Soto and Josh Bell going to the Padres, who, I, like, they are very much. Because they. I think the, the – I mean, Abrams is definitely in that deal, correct? Yeah, Abrams is. Well, yeah, Robert a- Hassel, Abrams, Robert Hassel, uh, James Wood, who's an only kid, yeah. uh, included in that deal. So it's a nice return Dude, if for they, if they if they If they do all this just to lose to the Dodgers again. <laughs> oh, it, 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 yeah. Anyway, By the sorry. way, when we're talking betting, you could have gotten the Padres to win the World Series at twenty-two to one yesterday. Now down to twelve to one. Wow! So. All right, that's pretty significant. That's pretty significant. All right, yep. so where are you going locally then? So uh, you know, training camp has started, starting to look at uh, NFL and starting to look at uh, NFL season-long props. So I'm going to talk a little Rashad Bateman today. Uh, Rashad Ooh. Bateman is over. Over under for the season is 825 receiving yards. And look, I don't have to tell you, I don't have to tell your listeners what Bateman means to this team this year. Hmm. If the team is good, he almost has to be good. But how good does he have to be? Let's kind of extrapolate what he did last year out to a full season. He had 43 yards a game, which in a 17-game season would be 731 yards. Obviously, that comes out a little short, but you know, do we really expect him to only get 43 yards a game this year? If he can just get that to 50 yards a game, he hits the over. And with this offense, what he means to it, that seems pretty reasonable of course he has to avoid injuries which is always the trick with season-long props is you know the injury bug but i think bateman is staring i think he's closer to a 900 yard season than 825 and it, if you told me he ends up flirting with a thousand yards that wouldn't totally shock me either so i do like the over at 825 and a half yards i i i hear you and i think i agree with you the mitigating circumstances of course being just how much we expect the ravens to run obviously like we we, we just mm-hmm. think they're gonna run 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 and as much as i love Rash- and i really do love rashad bateman i think talent wise he is the most talented receiver that we've seen in baltimore since anquan bolden um I, th- this young man can do so many things what i what i worry about is like they don't have anybody else for teams to worry about scheming against. Like, they mm-hmm. are going to do everything in their power to take Rashad Bateman out of games. 
and we just don't know because we haven't. He has not been put in that situation. So, I, I have I have a small amount of trepidation. But like, if I was doing a thumbs up or thumbs down, I'm probably with you. Thumbs up on over a twenty-five and a half at the minus one twelve for Rashad Bateman. All right, uh, let's go long term. Let me get a futures bet that you're looking at. Um, you know, I continue to look at win totals both in the NFL and college football, and I'm going college football this time around. Uh, there's one bet as I, I kind of scan down that I, I really do like a lot, and it's a little bit off the radar, and that's uh, Air Force at eight and a half wins. You got to lay a little juice. It's minus one thirty. I think it's worth it. Uh, Air Force has quietly been an excellent team over the past few years. They're coming off a 10-win season, they're 26-8 and in their last 34 games, and they also have a very favorable schedule. Uh, in the Mountain West, Fresno State is probably the best team in the conference. Air Force avoids them in the regular season altogether. They do get Boise State, who is the best team uh, in their division, but that's a home game. And looking at their schedule, it's actually possible that they're favored in every single game this year. So when the number is eight and a half and you're getting a possibility of being favored in every single game, I think that's worth it. I think it's worth laying a little juice, and uh, I like Air Force over eight and a half. I, 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 b- b- sure, yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell am I supposed to say back to that? Uh, no, man, I was really diving in, and I just think that Wyoming's got – like, what the hell? I got nothing to say back. Yeah, well, <laughs> sure, I'll give you that one. Why not? <laughs> um, give me a long shot. Give me an upset that you like for this week. Uh. So I'm, again, you know, sticking to college football here. Um, I was looking because a lot of people seem to think that within the Power Five conferences, like, it's almost a lock that, you know, you have Clemson winning the ACC, you have uh, Ohio State winning the Big Ten, you have Alabama winning the SEC, you have one of two teams winning the Pac-12 in USC or Utah, you have one of two teams in the Big 12 in Oklahoma or Texas. And a lot of people just seem to think it's going to be chalk this year. I'm not so sure when it comes to the Big 12. I think that the teams at the top are all very flawed. I think that whether it's new coaches, whether it's new quarterbacks, whether it's inexperience, or just the, you know, the number of returning starters, I, I think that you can find flaws in Oklahoma, Texas, Baylor, everybody at the top. So I'm kind of scanning down trying to find a possible long shot. And I hit on one that, again, things have to go very right, and you have to believe in a certain player – and I, you'll might have to hold your nose a little bit about it, but I'm intrigued by Kansas State at 14 to one. Uh, you're talking about a team that has really come together defensively over the past few years. They've always been a top 20 defense. They were number 17 in the country last year in the Big 12. So that's saying something that uh, they were that good in the Big 12. But... And when I think about long shots, but big but coming. When I think of a long shot that came through last year, you look at Pitt. What happened? You have a, a older quarterback who finally put things together in Kenny Pickett. Could this be the year Dude. for Adrian Martinez? Really? I get it. 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 But he doesn't have to be amazing. He doesn't have to be Heisman quality. He just has to be something of what we thought he might be with the defense behind him. And at 14-1, to 1, I wonder if Kansas State is worth a shot. Can't wait till we're talking ten years down the road, and he's somewhere in like the USFL, and we're still like, maybe this could be the year. Maybe this is when Adrian <laughs> Martinez is finally going to be the guy that everybody said he was going to be. Jesus! All right. Um, I, yeah, I'm not. I was. I'm giving you Air Force. I'm not ready to give you that one. Again, I'm, it's a long shot. It's fourteen to one. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying there is 
you know, a, a 7% chance of it happening. Uh, uh, something like that. Uh, okay, let's get Aaron Oster from Visa <laughs> out in Vegas. We're all over the place today. Let's uh, let's yep. let's get to the one that you say. Whatever you do, don't make this bet. This is your loser. Um, you know, I was thinking about going simple and saying that if you're betting on the Browns to make the playoffs now that it's up, you're insane because they're putting it up as a fifty-fifty shot, and I, I just don't believe that mm. it's a fifty-fifty shot. But we've talked about the Browns enough no, on by, the show. By the way, I didn't realize that's where they have it at. Yeah, it's it's plus one hundred to make the playoffs right now at Fanduel. Even money, man. I don't. This is the, this is the problem. I do. I like the Browns roster. I don't. It's weird when people talk about the yeah. Browns roster like it's impeccable, like it's the greatest roster ever put together. And if they had only had better quarterback play, they would have won the Super Bowl. I'm like, no, it ain't that. Like, it's good. Right. It's a good roster. They certainly can run the ball, but like, I still, I still have questions about their wide receivers and tight ends. They're not impeccable. They're they're deep. Um, and that's a good yeah. thing. I, I don't know. I If it stays at six games, I think I like the Browns well, to make and, the playoffs. And, that, but I, and that's the big thing. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I, and, and that's the thing is they can't screw up in those six games. Like, they're six, the six games, they still are going to be favored in a lot of those games because their first six games are so weak. Right. But they can't screw up those six games. If they're three and three, I think they're screwed. If they're, you know, four and two or better, okay, they're going to do some shot again, assuming it's six games. Which I got a feeling it's not going to be right. Games. What you're saying, what you're saying is it, it makes no sense to make a bet right now on the Browns because we still don't yeah. actually ba- basically, know. Right. Basically, what I'm saying is don't make that bet. I'm not saying bet the other way, but don't make that. Bet. Okay, All that's right. a bad bet. All but right. I have another loser just because you know I want to differentiate a little bit. Um, Kenny Pickett is still the favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I get it. He's a quarterback, and a quarterback who's picked in the first round is basically automatically going to be put in as the favorite. But if you look at uh, all the reports from Kenny, yeah, they all now, say he's Kenny terrible. Yeah. Right they now. say he's the third like stringer. Yeah, he's a third stringer, and this there's enough offensive talent coming out of the draft that someone is going to shine in September. Maybe it's one of the wide receivers. Drake London is a possibility. Uh, maybe it's Brees Hall, who really takes control of the Jets. Someone is going to shine in September, and if Kenny Pickett is not starting right off the bat, He's going to have a long hill to climb, and I don't see Kenny Pickett winning this award. He's plus seven hundred. He's the favorite right now. I don't. I, I think this is a very wide open race. Dude, you know who you know who's going to win it. I'll, I'll tell you right now who's going to win it. Sky, win Sky it. Moore is winning this. I, I mean, we, I, I actually, we. You know what? I love the bet. By like, the way, I love that bet. I, I would, yeah. I, honest to God, I. This is one that I always put in my like. Lo- I know it's insane to make a twelve to one odd thing your love bet, but like I love. Sky Moore at 12 to 1 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'm not sure if you've heard of the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, who has no one else to throw the ball to. I mean, I get it. He's got a tight end. He's got Travis Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. I understand (laughs) that. But in the wide receiver position, we have every the same guy as we talked about every year. Maybe this will be the year for me. No, he clearly does not like those guys. (laughs) Clearly. I'm 100% with you on that, by the way. He's, he's a guy who I'm loving in fantasy, who I'm looking to get shares of for Rookie of the Year. Uh, I absolutely agree with you there. But, yeah, not definitely not my love, and Kenny Pickett is my absolute. Yeah. Don't make that bet. Yeah. That's terrible. I, I get that. I get that. All right, and then the one that you do love, the one that you say, get there immediately. This is the moment. You need to make this bet or you will rue 
this decision for the rest of your life. Yes, you will rue it. You will even figure out what ruing means in order. Maybe you'll enjoy a rue while you rue it. Ooh. Interesting. Kind of makes me in the mood. I am in the mood for a roux. Could somebody get us a nice roux here? Carson, can you get me a roux? I could really go for a roux. Uh, not right now. I can make a roux, though. Oh, look at you. You have talent. All right, go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> um, so I will give you a baseball bet, a baseball bet for today. And I'm going back to the strike depth, even though it burned me uh, last week. And uh, Corbin Burns. Playing against the Pirates has over eight and a half strikeouts at plus one four, and he probably won't be traded. Although, who knows how to understand what the Brewers are doing? <laughs> I mean, I actually didn't really hate their trade, but I, you're right. I'm a little confused yes. exactly what they're doing. Yes, but um, yeah, you're right. He's probably going to play, and he's probably going to play against the Pirates, and who knows what's going on with them. Um, so over eight and a half strikeouts at plus one fourteen. He has double digit strikeouts in three of his past four outings. He's had at least nine strikeouts in five of his last seven. Pirates have the second most strikeouts in baseball at nine point three six per game. So eight and a half. It's a little bit rich, and maybe you want to lower that a little bit. You can do with uh, FanDuel offers the strikeout win parlay. So if you want to say he only gets eight strikeouts and a Brewers win at plus one hundred five, I'm not against that play either. I'll just take the straight strikeouts, go over eight and a half. I'll get the little bit of extra juice plus one fourteen. All right, all right. I don't, I don't mind that at all. I don't mind it. All right, there you go. Those are the five. So you're really not going to give us any advice at all about uh, betting the uh, the Jaguars Raiders game on Thursday night. It's what everybody's waiting for. This is the moment. All right. Oh, believe me. Ne- starting next week, I actually will because oh, there is psychopath. one team you can. Hold on. There is one team you can bet on in preseason No, it's the Ravens. Yeah, correct. It's the Baltimore Baltimore Ravens. (laughs) No doubt. Preseason champions every year. Should we take the the, the, the over passing yards for Jake Lutton? uh, Is that who's starting? Yeah, that's who's starting for the Jags. That's who's starting for the Jags. I I forgot Jake Lutton was a thing. His brother goes to Towson, uh, Jordan Lutton. He plays baseball. (laughs) Look at that. I'm learning learning all sorts of things today. (laughs) Griffin's been – he's had that one in the chamber for weeks. He's been desperate (laughs) for a moment. Jake for Lutton. News. How do I? How does Jake Lutton come up on this show that I can pass along what I know about his brother? All right, Aaron, what's going on with uh, Vison? Uh, a great time to get involved with Vison and sign up right now. You can get our college football guide. It is pages on pages breakdowns of every team of every conference, everything you could possibly bet on in college football. We have a full guide. Our great staff here at Vison put the past few weeks uh, really working that out. And whether it's win totals, whether it's conference champions, Heisman races, we got it all. So check that out on VEASAN.com. You can get the college football guide right now. All right. Very good. At the AOster on Twitter is how you follow him. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. All right. All right. Have a great week, everybody, and hope you get your bets. It's Aaron Oster from VEASAN out in Vegas joining us here on Simply the Bets. And, um, we were all over the place talking about Rue. Can you really make a Rue? Yeah, I can. I'm actually a very good cook. Are you? Yeah. Like, well, actually. have we never, like, what, you, you just hate <laughs> it, us? Is never, that what's going it's on never, here? It's never come up, but yeah, I'm a really but good But you haven't cook. thought, like, hey, I'll bring something in, maybe uh, share it with the boys? <laughs> I mean, you, I'm, I'll take requests. What do you make? Well, tell me what you... What, uh, anything. I, crab cakes. I can make crab you, cakes. Wait, wait, wait. There no, we go. What's there we go. something... Done. You No, stop. Stop for a second. You've got a young lady coming over tomorrow night. Okay. And you want to wow her. What are you making? Uh, my favorite dish to make that I think I could really wow someone with is yeah. I, I make this uh, pan-seared rockfish with a tomato basil cream sauce. That sounds incredible. Well, I, I'd like to feel like the hot chick. 
I'd like to feel like <laughs> you're gonna put a wig on. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is getting awkward. Uh, <laughs> I would love to. I would love for you to to, to share it. Uh, you know, if there's something that you feel particularly, maybe something interesting, maybe something that you don't think other people do. Okay, maybe something that you're like, this is a little bit off the beaten path, but I I think I I would nail it. I'd love for that. I'd love for you to share your okay. culinary skills with us. Okay, and I could bring it in. I don't. You over here making ruse? I didn't know you were that. Kind it's of hard. Guy. It takes like it's thirty. Very it takes like thirty 100%. minutes at I least. Don't, I don't have that. Uh, risu- there is nothing in the world I love eating more than a risotto. Oh, it's yes. the greatest food. I don't even like mushrooms. This is a straight shoot. I don't eat mushrooms. I eat up some damn risotto. Yeah. I, if I'm anywhere, if I'm at a restaurant, they got a risotto. I'm like, I was always scared of it when I was ahead. little, because you know I was little. But like once you mature a little bit, it's the greatest food. It's, it is it's just good. perfection. It is, but making it, not no chance, zero chance, zero chance. I got the patience yeah. for making a risotto. That ain't quick, happening. Quick fact about a roux: if you want to make a roux, people <laughs> think it's done when it's this color. It's not. It's done when it's like this color. I would probably make that mistake. I probably would make it's that. It's not. Mistake. If it's this color, you're only like. You're not even halfway. Wow. Yeah. You got to right. get to this guy. All right. There you go. This is what you're getting betting advice and tips on <laughs> preparing your roux. Where else can you get this? Come on. <laughs> that's, that's what we've got here. All right. Um, when we come back in, we're going to head down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at the uh, Live Casino and Hotel. Find out what's going on this week. Uh, do we have those tablets yet? Because I've been waiting for that date. We'll do that next. Simply the bets. Hey, Birdland, join in on the fun and celebrate the 30th anniversary of Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Saturday, August 6th, as the O's take on the Pittsburgh Pirates at 5.05. The first 15,000 fans 15 and over will receive a 30th anniversary Oriole Park t-shirt. Then stay post-game for the Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite, I Love the 90s Concert, featuring Drew Hill with a special performance by Cisco and Smash Mouth. Tickets start as low as $15 at Orioles.com slash tickets. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. 
The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports, or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So join us live on the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me, right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, live casino and hotel. And let's head down there right now, find out what's going on this week. He is FanDuel Sportsbook Assistant GM Ryan Horodisky. He's with us here in Simply the Bets. Ryan, it's Glenn. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Glenn, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hoping to do half the job as my predecessors oh, recently. Oh, on, so what we'll what you'll do is goes. you'll do a far better job, and then uh, we'll never tell them. We'll just never. That's the way it'll go. Um, all right. So start with I'm me with the, Start with me with this. I was talking about this the other day. I am convinced that as dumb as exhibition football is, and as much as I hate it, I still think there is going to be a massive crowd in there on Thursday night, and there will be an insane amount of money bet on a Jaguars-Raiders matchup that features no actual players because that's just how obsessed we are with football. Are you guys internally expecting there to be that kind of action on the Hall of Fame game on Thursday? Internally, I think we are. We're definitely starting to get some staff together, get a full staff of supervisors as well as writers in preparation for football to get underway here. People are definitely ready for it. I went through our bet count a little bit earlier to kind of get an idea of what we have coming through for preseason. Saw about 50 bets or so the last week, nothing uh, too high in handle, but uh, we definitely do expect them to be coming in here shortly. Uh, People have been asking a lot. We've had preseason available for betting for at least the last few weeks. Probably still taking a few more bets on the Super Bowl futures as of now, but once they see the game on Thursday, I think they'll really start pouring in. So for those that, that, that are going to go and do it, and by the way, I'm all for, I am all for trying to win money. Raiders are one-and-a-half-point favorites against the Jaguars on Thursday night. Um, they're one, minus 116 on the money line, and uh, the over-under is 30-and-a-half. By the way, that seems like a small number, but when you see the players that are participating in this game – I still might bet the under. <laughs> like, I still might say 30 and a half is too high a number. This has the earmarkings of a 13 to 10 type of um, quote unquote football game on Thursday. So I still might bet the under there. Um, give me an idea for you guys. What, Where has the action been coming in over the course of the last week or two? Um, not as many. I know there was the UFC fight on Saturday night, but not as many of the major golf tournaments, things like that. Where has the most action been coming in in the FanDuel Sportsbook over the last couple of weeks? Over the last few weeks, and then, of course, for the majority of the summer as well, it's just been a steady flow of baseball. Not a lot else going on, as you alluded to a moment ago. We're seeing a lot of our bigger betters hone in on baseball and a few tennis bets here and there, but uh, you're right. It's just a lot of baseball coming up. Well, not coming up, but really for the whole summer here as we get into football season. So 
I counted about seven or eight bets coming in around 19 or 20 K or higher. So last week or so, uh, going about 50, 50 with those bets, uh, from our perspective here. So looking forward to getting some variety here. We did unfortunately lose, uh, the Paul fight coming up this upcoming weekend to oh, right. yeah. uh, a weigh-in issue with his opponent. Yeah. So we were definitely going to have a crowd for that, unfortunately. But we'll have a preseason all weekend long. That 30-and-a-half total on Thursday just seems so appetizing to bet the over. But when you see the roster, I'm telling you, scares you off a bit. Jake, Jake Lutton is the quarterback for the Jaguars. They're not putting up points. They don't even want to try. Go bet the under on that. We'll talk. You and I will get back together on that. Yeah, for those that didn't hear, uh, Baltimore's own Hasim Rahman Jr. out of the fight against Jake Paul on Saturday. Apparently, he had agreed to try to get down to 200 pounds, and uh, he's a heavyweight. That was not going well. He wasn't going to get to that number, and Jake Paul said, I'm not fighting you unless you get to that number. So that is off the table for Saturday, which is a bummer because Amanda Serrano was also on that card, and, and she's a heck of a fighter. Um, all right, so so one of the things that Leon uh, you know, tossed out there last week that is very appealing to me. So, Ryan, we've been encouraging people to consider maybe hosting their fantasy draft in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Sports and Social and maybe eyeing that first weekend of college football because there are so many good games. There are so many appetizing games that weekend that you could be betting on and hosting your fantasy draft at the same time, it seems like perfection to me. And Leon threw in the, oh, and by the way, we're also working on another little carrot that you might enjoy, which is tablets that you could take with you to your table or your spot to be able to bet without even having to get up and get in line at the 61 self-service kiosks. Are we getting closer to the arrival of these tablets yet? So what you're referring to is called our bet pads here at the FanDuel Sportsbook, and they are indeed getting closer. We are working on a few engineering kinks on the back end since we are the first FanDuel Sportsbook to offer this um, to our guests. So just a few extra things we're going to be continually working on here before we get them onto the floor, but you're exactly right. They're going to be extremely convenient. We can't wait to roll these out. It's going to give our guests the feeling of mobile betting right here in Maryland being that we don't have it live just yet. So we'll be able to rent out bet pads from the counter. You can load on a certain amount of funds to the bet pad, take it back to your table and you're good to go for as long as you have a balance there and you can keep betting without even moving from your chair. Let, let, let me, this is insane to me. And, and is it going to look just like essentially the app would if there was mobile betting? like Or, or what you see if you were to be at um, one of those self-service kiosks? Would it be the exact same interface that someone would have on the bet pad? Right. I have seen samples of what it looks like. We do have them in-house. Uh, it should look exactly alike as the FanDuel Sportsbook website, as our self-service betting terminals here at Maryland Live, all 61 of them should look just like that to give exactly the feel that our guests have become accustomed to at the number one sports book, and it should be pretty uh, seamless integration with that. Damn, that's so cool. That is so cool. I can't wait for that. Uh, he is FanDuel Sportsbook Assistant GM Ryan Horodisky from down at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. He's with us here on Simply the Bets. Um, Ryan, I know you guys oftentimes have other events, promotions that you're doing, things, you know, swag giveaways, stuff like that. Is there anything that's on the radar for you guys that we should be talking up uh, for people to get down to the FanDuel Sportsbook? So, bet pets are our main aspect right now. We're going to 
be doing a little bit of construction here in the upcoming weeks as well. We're going to have a few kiosks moving around okay. uh, the main area as we're doing some construction with the pre-existing bowling alley. Uh, we're going to be renovating that into another row of our kiosk. So that'll be another opportunity to expand. So are you, you uh, guys, you're, in the area. You're, you're adding even more kiosks. So to be clear, we're not going to be adding kiosks, but okay. we're going to be spreading them out to make a more efficient guest experience. I would say, so we'll have kiosks in the bowling alley and we're going to be taking down the big wall of baseballs, which is adjacent to the sports book. And we're going to be adding in some new Fandle led odds boards over there. And just make it a little bit more fresh look in the sports book. That's cool. That's 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 very very cool. And I do like the idea of spreading out a little bit for people that are sitting on the other side, right? Like the seats on the other. It'll be more mm -hmm. convenient to be able to get up and go over to that bowling alley area um, instead of having to walk in all the way to the other side. So um, all this sounds pretty good to me. I just keep thinking about football season, man. I just keep thinking, Ryan, about. I keep warning people, like, you're going to get the football season, and you and your buddies will be like, ah, well, I'll get together, go out for some wings, and we'll watch Monday night games together. And I just keep thinking, like, my God, how much better if you were doing that in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Life Casino and Hotel where you could be making money in the process because, as you alluded to, as frustrated as everyone is, it's pretty clear at this point that there will not be mobile betting, not only for the start of football season, but it, it still might be at least a while into football season before it's an option. Um, it seems like the, the local hangout that you should have would be right there in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Absolutely. Mobile betting is on the way, but there's really no timetable for it. So it could be Thanksgiving, Christmas, could be next year. So uh, we're really excited to have a a full football season coming up as we really just launched, you know, right around Christmas time last year, just before playoffs, really. So, uh, like you said earlier, hopefully we get to accommodate some fantasy football drafts in here and really get people um, in the mood for football. It's coming up. All right. Um, because you and I have not talked before, we, we got to do a hit. The, the worst loss that you've ever seen, like the worst – like somebody had all like a parlay that eleven things came in and the twelfth didn't. Like, what's the worst loss, the most crushing you've ever felt for someone? I know you like it when the book. I understand it's good for business when the book wins, but what's the most crushing you've ever seen a ticket that someone lost on? So I'll give you my most recent example that comes to mind. We just opened up a brand new Fanel sports book in Washington D.C. at Audi Field, where yep. DC United plays. Um, they took their first bet just a week or two ago. Um, in the first bet, uh, I'm not recalling what team it was, but it was on a live baseball game in the afternoon. It was late in the game, and somebody hit a walk-off home run, and he lost that ticket within about three or four minutes of place in the first bet ah. at uh, DC United's brand-new <laughs> field and sportsbook. So that's the first example that comes to my mind. Heartbreaking story for uh, the first bet yeah. at Fanel Sportsbook. Audi field. I've had moments like this. I, it, Ryan, I, we, we've done a lot of events down there, and I, I swear to God, like I, I want to say the night of the national championship game, I hit on um, the first basket. Like The first basket scorer um, was What's-His-Face from Kansas, whose name is now escaping me. But I hit... About, yeah, that's exactly who it was. Thank you, Griffin. Yes. So I, I hit on it, and I'm like, well, now I'm feeling good. I'm going to go place another bet, right? And I immediately look up and I say, well, look at the the rat and it was the, I don't remember who the Raptors were playing. I don't remember what series it was, but it was like it was a it was a tie game. I'm like, I'm feeling froggy. 
I'm going to bet the Raptors. And I swear to God, by the time I got back from the kiosk, they were on the wrong side of a 17-0 run. Like, not kidding. Walked up, got the bet in. I'm feeling good. I'm already 1-0 on the night. And I turn around, I look back up at the screen, and they were down by 17. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? That's how quickly. Profit gone, just like that. Yep, that's how quickly. Much like the same story. All right, uh, Ryan Hordisky, Assistant General Manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Anything else any, that we should know uh, before we get ready for the week of betting? That about gets it for now. Thanks right, for having man. me on. I'll see you guys down at FanDuel Sportsbook pretty soon. Appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Ryan Hordisky checking in with us here on Simply the Bets, uh, the Assistant GM down at the FanDuel Sportsbook. That, I, God, I wish I could remember what the game was. Rita probably would because Rita was there with us, and like she was dying. I was feeling like, hell yeah, man. I'm going up. I'm making this bet. Look at this. I'm feeling good. And I'm not. I couldn't get back to the table. Put the bet in. Probably said hello to somebody. Got back to the table. Looked up like, what the hell just happened? They were like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <sighs> it was not a night. Not my night. All right, um, Griffin, you got a tidbit of the week for us? Yes, I do. I do. Right. do. What you got? Uh, so uh, where do I head it up? Okay, so there? so we had some serious line movement in the uh, ALMVP race. Uh, I was like, Judge was at like minus uh, 104, 105. Well, he's got to be like, entered like one, minus yeah, 400 at this yes. point. Yep, you're exactly right. It's, it really, at this point, it's a two-man race. It's Judge and Rutschman like, is what it's come <laughs> down to for ALMVP. <laughs> The books are saying it's, ju- it's Judge and Otani, mm. uh, and it was much closer. Agree so to Thursday disagree. night, Thursday night, it was very close. Uh, and then, yeah, and then obviously Judge. Uh, at this point, what I'm thinking you sh- you should do. I mean, if you just put a bet on Aaron Judge to hit a home run every night, like the rest of the season, <laughs> my God, I think you might. I, I, I think did, that no doubt because it's like plus two hundred, plus two fifty every night. So like, so last night that was his forty third. We did the yes. math on that. Yes, yes. yesterday it was forty three. Uh, yeah, insane. so he's down to minus four twenty now. In a matter, oh my matter of about lord! Three or four days. He I mean, down to minus four. I mean, it, it could be minus seven hundred by the end of the week. I mean, and, it's just uh, insane. And I actually threw a bet on him to win the MVP uh, at the end of June when he was plus one hundred. Look at you! Yeah. Look so, at uh, you! Just, I guess I'll just sit on that for a while. Yeah, right. <laughs> no doubt. That's pretty good. And uh, try to enjoy it, but I guess uh, it's is bit, that it? Bittersweet. Uh, okay, and then also, oh. so we had a. 50k uh, home run parlay hit last Tuesday night. Okay. And they put four hundred fifty dollars on a hundred thirteen to one three leg parlay. So you need three guys to p- hit a home run. Okay. And you and so they picked Starling Marte. Okay. Hit a home run. Uh, Byron Buxton. Okay. Hit a home run. Pretty good player. And you're you're never gonna guess the final leg of a parlay. Might maybe a player I've never heard of. Give me it, a give me a team. Okay. It was uh, it was a Mariner. The Mar- Mariners player. J P Crawford. No. I mean, that would have. I, 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 the problem is, I only want to name the good players because that's the one I know. And I'm guessing it wasn't Julio Rodriguez. No, it wasn't. I'm guessing it wasn't Kellenic. Nope, not not Kellenic. Was it Raleigh? The catcher? It was. Yes, it was Cal Raleigh. <laughs> who? They're, they're backup who? catcher. I don't know who this is. What's the name? What is this young man's name? Cal Raleigh. Their backup catcher. Cal. Raleigh. Yeah, he actually has 14 homers on the season. So yeah, that's why. That's power. why I asked. Because I was like, but hey, he's batting, he's he's batting like 200. Pop. But yeah. when he hits the ball, it goes. But uh, so that so seems he like a, cash. Seems like a decent chap, but <laughs> I don't know anything about him. <laughs> <laughs> he cashed. Uh, yeah, so fifty fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, on a home run part. Like. This I always. I just want to know more. I want to know more about <laughs> someone's betting proclivities. Like, how are you out here putting in home run parlays? How much did it cost? How much did the ticket? Four hundred fifty. It's still like it's not as crazy as some other things we hear yeah. about, but still, who's just out here putting four hundred fifty dollar home run parlays down on Cal Raleigh? I I've never heard of the man. 
Who's living like this? What is going on in the world? That is how you're spending. Good for good for that. Guy. And then we always have, and then it's just I don't know how people do it, but there's always so you bet the entire baseball slate, you put a dollar on it, and someone somehow, and then you turn it into ten k. So somehow that always hits. So wait, had, so there was a thirteen so, legger on the same night, also Tuesday night. These are all these aren't these aren't money lines. These are run lines. Or they money lines? yeah, they like mix and match stuff. Like yeah, okay. they had like alternate run lines in there. They also oh, okay. had uh you know. They, but they put it was ended up being thirteen games. So they put uh there was a fifty there w- cents on one. On there a was an parlay. NFL week where I on Sunday went nine and zero. Oh. Wow! And it was the only like I had been smartly. This is when I was first getting into betting. I had been also throwing in like a one dollar parlay bet on right. all of my pick. It was the first literally. I swear to Christ, the first week. So you retired? I didn't, I didn't put a parlay bet in. Uh. I bet all the games, and I was like, dude, what a week it was. <laughs> and then I remembered I didn't put a parlay bet in. And I was like, son of a bitch. Somebody at the of end of uh, at the end of this Premier League season, somebody bet the whole Premier League slate and got them all right. Oh at yeah, some yeah, point. I do remember. It was that, like yeah. one of the last. Uh, one it was one of the last match days. And yeah, they, it, was, it was one of my tidbits, I think. All right. All right. Well, how about that? Uh, but yeah, they put fifty cents, and they ended up turning that into three and a half thousand dollars. Orioles plus one and a half tonight, despite the fact that Jordan Lyles is on the mound. And the story um, is that the the reason it's coming out today is because they put the la- it was the last fifty cents of their account and they just put it on the oh, shut parlay. Up. Wow! And they shut up. back in yesterday afternoon and we're like, oh, so I got three thousand dollars. That's the story, at least. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I believe that or not. <laughs> I don't know if I believe that, but you know what? Whatever. It's a great story. Um, yeah, Orioles tonight plus one and a half, uh, plus one hundred eight on the uh, money line, and uh, the number is at eight and a half. I don't really under. Is Spencer Howard good? Uh. He- He's, he's got like a miss. five yard. Yeah, he's got like a six ERA, I think. Why, why is I think he, he either gets shelled or he goes like you know five six. So innings. why are the Orioles plus one and a half? They have their best starter on. I mean, them. they were they were they weren't favored last night either. Like, I understand. I mean, but John. Like, I guess John Gray was. Yeah, he's been I mean, good. I don't know anything about Spencer Howard, so that's part of the problem. Maybe maybe he's been hot lately. I don't. I know nothing about. I guess because they think the Orioles are going to be bad morale. And then we got to face Martin Perez tomorrow. Ooh. That doesn't do it. I don't care about. I'm trying to figure out why they're run. I mean, I don't. I don't whatever. Whatever. Who cares? I'm going to bet the Orioles tonight. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. Very good. Uh, thank you to uh, Griffin for the tidbit. Thanks to Carson for hanging out with us. Thanks to Ryan Horadiski as well as to Aaron Oster. We will be back on Thursday with Weekend at Bookies. The return. It's been a few weeks, but we will bring it back this week because you all demand betting advice for the Jaguars and the Raiders. We're jagging off this Thursday night. <laughs> and we'll be back with you for Weekend at Bookies in order to get you ready for the Hall of Fame game, baby. We're doing that. All right. Uh, we will see you tomorrow for Glenn Clark Radio. This has been Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. May the odds be ever in your favor.